0: Kids need wholesome snacks to fuel their active bodies and imaginations, like delicious, soft-baked Cliff Kid Z-Bar. With energizing whole grains organic oats and flavors kids love, it's the perfect portable snack for blasting off to space on the swings at recess or exploring the uncharted schoolyard with fellow adventurers. Grab a box of Cliff Kid Z-Bar snacks today, because imagination needs fuel. Learn more at cliffkid.com.
1: And, uh, let's get the radio side going there perfectly. And Tits McGee is here filling in for the vacationing Veronica Corningstone. Thank you for that. Jenna girl. Nice to see you back. Escape from blue Jersey, Jeff, Steve Garvey. He'll hit a home run for you. Knucker. How you doing, buddy? Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi oi to you, my friend. Super Duke, Super Duke, Super Duke, Super Duke. YJ. How you doing, man? Hope up north is uh, getting nice and cold for you. Invisible Tracker, good to see you. Fab22, thanks for coming on in. Commonwealth Andrew, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Hi, Chris. Teen, nice to have you back. Kim Jelen, my favorite Nicole Sakic in the world, is in the chat room. Lee Pepping, how you doing? Pigpen, welcome to SOR chat. Oh, hey, Clam, how you doing? 405er, good to see you. As we continue on with Roll Call, do we get it all in? That is the big question. Paramarv, nice to see you back, man. I'm glad to be here. Doug Shelby is here. The Doug Shelby has arrived. Bobbert, how you doing? Alexander, it's been a while. Nice to see you. Just Janet, welcome to SOR Chat. Look, do me a favor. Hit that thumbs up. Hit subscribe if you haven't already. Let's grow this channel. We want 20,000 before the end of the year. Do me a favor. Horns up. Of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Street Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Navy the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website is SpacedownRadio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Pooh's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a great show to kick off this week. We got Brandon Wainwright here. He's a former cop, and he's going to talk about his newfound intuition that he is trekking on down. I can't wait for the UFOs to come. That'll really screw him up. Then in hour number three, we got our resident swamp dweller coming in with another spooky story. Tim Senor is here for the UFO report. Shirky Poo has the news. Now, a couple of years ago, we had Brandon Wainwright on. And it was about a book he wrote about his dog, Tyson, who passed away due to a brain tumor in April of 2018. And the experiences that he started having, because we all know when a pet dies, let's face it, it devastates us. It hurts. It sucks. Okay, because it's like losing a member of our family. Well, Tyson started communicating with the other side. And this has quickly changed Brandon's entire life, entire life. He is now 100% focused on learning what's on the other side. And this is a great way to kick off my week as I begin live here with all of you once again after a two-week holiday. So, Brandon, thank you so much for coming on Spaced Out Radio again, my friend. How you been doing?
2: Good. Thanks for having me back, Dave. (laughs) I'm excited. Me too, man. I had a lot of fun last time.
1: Well, we're going to do it all again tonight, my man, because, you know, since you were last on, you've quit being a police officer, and you are now solely focused on learning about your own intuition. We're going to get into all of that, but first a little recap here. I mean, before your former dog, Tyson, that you wrote a book called Tyson's Gift, Okay. Did you believe in any of this stuff? Was this just all a bunch of malarkey or was it something that you, you gave credence to, but really never paid attention to?
2: Uh, more of the latter. I, I, I believe that there was more, but I, you know, I had done my own search and primarily through, through the um, spectrum of religion. That's kind of what I associated spirituality with. And I never found any Well, I shouldn't say any truth, but I I never found any definitive truths in religion. So I kind of had given up. Um, And so I I knew there was more. I believe there was more. um, But I couldn't have told you what that was. And I was okay with that until Tyson passed away. And then I went through the, you know, like you were alluding to the crisis of losing my my baby and and wondering where he was and if he was okay, And that that inspired me to dig deeper and, um, yeah, well, the rest is history.
1: Is he still coming around? Still kind of guiding you from the other side?
2: Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. Um, he's, he's definitely still coming around. I, he, and, and some, some of it's from the other side, some of it's from this side. So it's a, it, that's an interesting question, but yeah, he's still definitely a big part of my life.
1: All right, so the fact that your dog is kind of guiding you from the other side, which is just absolutely amazing. And a lot of people will say, geez, were, were you hit on the head with too many bricks? Do you have PTSD over your time as a police officer? Because I think you spent a better part of 20 years or somewhere close to that. as, as no. a,
2: Well, 12. 12, 12 okay. Years. So yeah.
1: close enough, close enough. But the, <laughs> the, the, the fact- I don't want to
2: take credit. Credit where it's not due.
1: No, no, I understand that. But <laughs> it's a stressful job. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you you serve one year or you serve 50 years. I mean, there's there's any type of PTSD that can get over. I mean, have you heard anything about that? People questioning why you would leave the, the police force in order to s- study your own psychic intuition and ability?
2: Well, I, I didn't. the The two weren't. Mutually exclusive. So I, you know, I was doing both at the same time and, and I, I left the police for other reasons, but one of the big benefits to leaving was being able to focus on the metaphysics and the, like you said, the intuition and the healing and that sort of thing. Um, so nobody, I, I did it for good reasons and, and nobody's really, I, well, I probably, am sure there's some people that question what I did, but, um, but for the most part people have been very supportive and understanding and and I'm it was it was a good decision for me my life has definitely become more peaceful since I left
1: <laughs> well you know what uh, you know what kind of stress did you go through on a daily basis? Never mind the reason why you left. But for a lot of us who have never been in law enforcement or or the military, you know, I don't think that we understand that. For a lot of people, the police force is is a civilian paradigm or a paramilitary force that right. upholds the law. And and I think a lot of people don't understand. You know what what goes through. I mean, that's a high end stress job you know, in order to every day, you got to be on, you you have to be mentally focused. And even when you're off, you, you're always checking over your shoulder, is the bad guy going to know where I live? Is he going to know what my wife looks like, or my children, where they go to school or wh- wherever? I mean, I mean, living with that on a daily basis that most police officers do that cannot be fun.
2: No, I mean, you're you're right, that that's a big part of the stress is the is the what ifs that are in, on your mind all the time. Uh, you're you know, I I was fortunate and and that I didn't worry too much about about my you know what was going to happen off duty. Um but you're still it changes the way you look at things when you're off duty. You know, you're you're looking at more detail, you're you see people differently, you you recognize threats and things like that much quicker. Um and so you you're always a little bit on edge even when you're off duty, for sure, it changes the way you see the world. Uh, when it came to, you know, like you, when you leave for work, you don't know if you're going to come back. You know, that that's, that's something that wears on you all the time. You think, you know, big long-term, geez, I'm going to be doing this for another decade at least. The way things are going, am I going to survive? Am I going to survive legally? Is something going to happen where I, I end up, you know, just trying to do the best I can, end up, arrested for, for doing my job or sued or something, you know, those types of stresses really, especially the last couple of years, two, three years really weighed heavily on me, but they always did. Like I, uh, I think we were talking about this earlier. Um, I would, I would make a conscious effort to, to, I would change my watch. I wore a different watch when I was on duty versus when I was off duty, just, it was like this mental thing. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm taking that armor off right now and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be a civilian. But yeah, it's like, like the, the situations that you deal with at, at, on the job, certainly there's some real, you know, there's pucker moments for sure throughout your career. And, and, um, but those are things that you expect. Those are when you're, when you picture yourself becoming a police officer, you know, you're going to encounter those types of situations, What you don't take into account are the, is just the the chronic stress that they, you know, that, that underlying just kind of always low level stress. that's there that you, that you just learn to live with, you know? Um, and, and it does take its toll when you, you realize how much it, it's it, how much of a toll it's been taking when you leave. Cause then all of a sudden it's a, Whoa, I, this is, this is kind of nice. I don't have this burden on my back anymore. You know? And, and the, it's interesting too, cause in the beginning I, I, I took it on gladly and, and, and it was something that was very easy to to accept. Um, it was difficult, but I accepted it willingly. And then you know as things this is just to, for your audience to gain a little bit of an understanding as, as the anti-police sentiment has grown and and that fa- that worry factor that's constantly there, um, you, you start to the the incentive, the motivation to, to do that job, I think for most police officers has, has gone down you know, um, respectively with that. And, and so that, that makes it more difficult when you're not accepting it. You know what I mean? Like when you're, 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 you're questioning things a lot more, you're asking yourself, is it worth it? And then it, then it it becomes much more difficult. And then that translates into it being more stressful.
1: As our, one of our listeners here, D Cohen says, you're not wrong, my friend, I'm police Mm -hmm. in DC. You know, I mean, it takes it takes a a, a real strong person to be able to deal with that. And Mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean, I don't know if I could. I really couldn't. I mean, that's an entirely different situation, because I sure as hell know that if I saw, you know, somebody beating up their spouse or or hurting a child that. You know, never mind an arrest, there would have to be a good beating going back the other way, you know, before the handcuffs went on. And I know that's wrong, but that's, I I couldn't do that. I just couldn't do that.
2: Well, you'd be surprised if you, if you made that decision and, and, and for whatever reason ended up in law enforcement, I, knowing you, I, I, I think you would, you would actually be a good cop. I, and I think you're a lot more capable. I think a lot of people are a lot more capable of it than they realize. The thing is the commitment, the willingness to do it. You know, and there's cops become cops for a variety of different reasons. You know, um, but they're just regular people doing a job. It's just, you know, they're they're. I, I know since I, I stopped. I, we, we moved from California to Tallahassee and, in the first, I think it was about a month and a half after we moved here, I got pulled over and for speeding. And I, I was, I was in a school zone. I didn't realize that I was in a school zone and, uh, it, you know, have new to the area and I was actually doing the exact speed limit, but I got pulled over and it was such a, you know, it felt like crap. You know, it was a motorcycle. I was a motorcycle cop the last several years, last five years. And, It just felt, it's such a crappy feeling because you're, you're in this situation where you're totally, you know, you're just a regular person. You didn't have do it with any bad intentions, but now you're totally subject to their discretion. And hopefully the officer is fair and, 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 and decent and isn't just looking to, you know, push their weight around, which I've found most officers are not like that. Most officers I've met are great people that are just trying to do their job, but you don't know. I mean, there's always those ones out there. We've all heard about it. We've, I've, we've all had bad experiences, myself included. So, you know, that's the, the perspective that the public has on cops is because of what, of what they're doing for work. I mean, there's, they're in charge of keeping, keeping order. And, and that requires having a strong, you know, um, authoritative position, command presence, and, Nobody wants to be being watched by somebody that's got that authority over them. That's human nature. No, it sucks. You know, it It sucks. sucks, But but they're they're the heroes. I mean, these are people that take that on, and you know, it's uh, you got to respect that. You got to stop and look at look at it in a in a analytical kind of a way instead of you know saying, oh, I hate hate cops because I've I had a I met a cop that was a jerk or whatever. You got to look at the big picture. And what they're doing and myself, I mean, I had, I had a number of bad experiences with cops and I was a completely law abiding, always have been a law abiding citizen, but I still had my experiences and I still was in awe before it, you know, that was part of why I became a cop was because I just had so much respect. Um, so I'll, tell you- yeah, I'll get off my soapbox on that. <laughs>
1: Tell you a funny story going way back to when I was 20 years old. I had a buddy of mine who had never had a speeding ticket, yet he he was always speeding. And, and we had a car full of our friends. We're all going to this nightclub out of town, and we get pulled over for doing 65 in a 50 zone in, you know, in kilometers here. And uh, the cop, just fantastic guy, RCMP member, fantastic guy. And I'm yelling at the cop, give him a ticket. He's never had one. Give him a ticket. Right. And the cops like, where are you guys going? So we tell him the nightclub we're going to. And he, he's like, nah, you guys are just out for a good time tonight. We're going to let this one go. And my buddy who's beside me, him and I are yelling at the cop. No, give him a ticket. He needs his first one. Take his virginity. Damn it. And he just wouldn't let us. Wouldn't let him him walk. Let him walk. My buddy was so pissed at us, but that was one of those good memories that you just brought up. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Brandon I don't. Th- I,
2: I don't think that ever happened in my whole career. I don't think that ever happened. I had people laugh at, at at the person that was driving, but you know, never, never actually rooting for them to get a ticket. Oh,
1: we had to. <laughs> huh? <laughs> we had to, so let's get into your psychic intuition here. when you know once Tyson your your dog passed away, you started recognizing everything. you started seeing things with a little bit more clarity. What shift did you see in yourself and uh, how you were changing not only as a police officer at this time but as a human?
2: Um, well, you know, the two went hand in hand, actually. Um, not that I was ever, you know, Mr. Mr. Tough, like gnarly, you know, off-putting cop. I was always, I always tried to be pretty friendly and caring. But, uh, you know, when you, the thing about, about, about all of this is that the the realization is, is that it, you, there is, that there is eternal life. Okay. That, that we're just souls having a human experience. And and like I was saying earlier, you know that's intuitively, you know that's the case. But when you start to have actual tangible experiences that prove it undeniably, it changes your perspective. It, it changes the magnitude of what life is about. It it changes the magnitude of how we are all connected. and And so, you know, you start to see, you know, this isn't just about this one life. This is about how I'm impacting other people and how they're impacting me and, and, and the love that you have for, for, for your friends, for your family, for, for your, your pets, you know, it, it, it does carry a much bigger weight. It's huge. And, and it's, it's not just, you know, we live until, until we until our checkout day and and then we take a dirt nap and that's the end of it, you know? So everything, you you realize how important everything is that's that's the experience that i had not that i didn't already feel that way but it puts it you know you always kind of ask at least i always kind of ask myself am it, i it just being idealistic here you know all this trying to be virtuous and caring and take you know is is it is it about me just doing what i was taught or or is it something deeper and then you start to realize no there is this is this is a big thing so then that affects how you when when you're out, when you go into the gas station to buy your gas, how you, how you how you you think of the clerk that you're you know giving your money to it 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 changes your whole paradigm, and that then transcends into whatever you do for for a living. And in my case, you know, being a police officer, it just it made it it made it a little easier. I was always pretty empathic and empathetic, just naturally, so it wasn't a huge shift for me, but it it was, became a much more conscious shift in that I saw everybody really as one with me. Um, and not, not just in in an intellectual way, like it was on a, on a deep feeling level. I, I saw them as, as just, you know, they're just people like me, you know? And, and and I think what it's, it's very easy when you're, when you're a cop to, especially if you're working in a rough area, you know, it's easy to put that, that thick skin up around you and start to see people as the enemy or as a, not, I shouldn't say the enemy, but as a, you objectify them a bit, you know, not when you actually start to, when you actually start talking to them and taking a report and you see, you know, how, how something's actually impacting them. But when you're driving around and you're seeing people, you, you, it's, I think a lot of people, not just cops, but people in general start to see people like cattle you know you just kind of objectify them and 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 so that's that was the shift that happened in me and it just allowed me I think I think it it changed the energy that I put out when I was interacting with people and they picked up on that and I noticed that the people maybe it also was just a matter of of being more experienced and, and talking to people better too but um, I I noticed a, a big shift in that regard. I be, I became a better cop. I think
1: now you look at the fact that you haven't been a police officer since the beginning of this year when you stepped down, and uh, I'm I'm not sure whether the correct term is retired or quit, one of the two, but I don't think it really matters in this conversation. But for for you now that you have had let's say the better part of eight and a half months to start to really take focus on who you are as a human as a spiritual entity as someone who wants to see what life has to offer in the mysterious ways what have you learned about yourself in the last eight months as we got about three minutes to go before we go to break at the bottom of the hour
2: okay um well i think i I can get this out in three minutes basically you know what i was told by by an intuitive one time that i wasn't going to be able to completely open up
0: your mini me is just like you they look the same talk back the same and as little humans their days can get pretty hectic too luckily ollie has yummy gummy vitamins and supplements that are easy to love from daily multivitamins to sleep and mood support we've got all the essentials for you and your little crew Find all of our kids' gummies at ollie.com.
3: SmartWool's new arrivals are designed to help you do more of what you love outside. More socks, more apparel, more accessories. All backed by SmartWool's 100% satisfaction, go far, feel good guarantee. Shop SmartWool's new arrivals and gear at smartwool.com. Up until,
2: until I retired, because my... I always had my, you got to have your guard up. You got to be on the defensive all the time when you're working. It's going to be hard for you to, to let that guard down enough to where you could take it in. And I, I, I kind of understood what she was talking about. Uh, Cause you're, you know, you're meditating and you're trying to connect with energy. But, but what I've come to realize as I've settled in, and I've also been taking classes and studying and, and, and it, it, the, the reality is that love I don't want to sound cheesy here, but love is the answer. Okay. Um, and so in the last eight and a half months for me has allowed me to get back to just, well, I've had the luxury of being able to just be myself and, and focus on how I feel about the world and, and my relationships and, and being true to, to the, to the, the part of me, frankly, that I, that I let go to a large extent, or at least that I put a a thick skin over probably around the time I was 14 or 15, you know, when you start to go, go into adulthood and you, you you put, brace yourself for, (laughs) for what you have to deal with as an adult. I, I got, I've got been able to get back to the innocent in the innocence in me, which, which really what I, what that means is, is, is the love is, is the, is the caring and the, and not so and not worrying so much about about having a strong defense just letting my heart go out and that is well that's the key i mean that's the key to, to any metaph- metaphysical practice because that's what it's all about right it's all about connecting to oneness and that love that we all have that, that we're all connected through and so for me the the last eight months i've i've been able to kind of to get myself back in resonance with that more so than I was before.
1: Well, when we come back from the break here at the bottom of the hour, I want to learn about, you know, how did your wife react to all this? How did your family, your friends, your colleagues react to all of this? Because when you make a decision, we try to make it for ourselves, but everybody always has to have that that other say of what is going on in your decision. and I, And I'm curious how that all played out for you because not everybody is different. It's different to say, hey, you know, I'm going to go back to school. I've always wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer or construction worker or whatever it may be. But it's another thing to say that I'm going to go turn up the woo in my life and really, you know, start to spiritually express myself You know, that's a big, big change. We're going to learn all about that coming up in the next half hour of our show tonight. So good to be back from my two-week vacation. More of a staycation. But I got myself out of the basement to interview Brandon Wainwright tonight. We're having a great time. Intuition healing. The full circle, the whole gamut of consciousness. Next on Spaced Out Radio. All right, we're back. We're back. All right. That was a quick half hour.
2: Yeah, it does. It goes by fast. Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) I got to say thank you to everybody in the chat room so far for your awesome comments, you know, welcoming me back on the air. I really do appreciate that. Thank you so much for the love, everyone. Uh, The last two weeks has been uh i I thought I caught up on sleep I don't think I did but I was really able to reshift and refocus and and uh, get some work done that really needed to be done behind the scenes and you know I want to say a big thank you to all of you for allowing me that opportunity to do that and and uh uh i I didn't never You know, it's been a few years. I I don't even see my son at night. And, you know, it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool to see what he looks like after 730 at night. Turns into this little werewolf. No, I'm teasing. But um, there's been a lot going on behind the scenes of SOR and and with myself personally. And uh, I'm renovating my house. I got holes all over my house. Uh, don't ever, ever renovate a 50-plus-year-old house, people, okay? Especially if you have zero uh, carpentry skills like I do, okay? Don't do it. Just don't. Um, Let's see here. What else can I tell you? I saw a couple of UFOs over the last couple of weeks. I did. And... Um, we were out at the gifting site uh, three weeks ago, and my buddy Mike and I, and along with my son, kept seeing orbs all through the trees. Nothing Bigfootish. And um, that was kind of cool. Just these little pop ups of light coming through. Then the following week, we went back, and I turned my back towards my vehicle for a split second. I was staring up at the sky, and then I turned back, not even three seconds later, and there were two bright orbs sitting in the sky, and the third one lit up to make the triangle. And I got giddy. I remember leaning over to my buddy Mike. I'm like, dude, there it is. Check it on out. And by God as my witness, the minute I started to pull my phone out of the pocket it was in, they knew. And the bottom two lights disappeared, and the top one faded away like five seconds later. But later on that night, we saw another UFO uh, that actually did a zigzag in the air, which was really cool. So we got a double shot, and then we went back this past weekend And we got to, oh, by the way, that that time previous to that, I got a beautiful picture. Uh, I'll try and show it here later. But I got a beautiful picture of the space station being followed by a SpaceX rocket. That was really cool. And uh, then we went back this Saturday, had a big fire there, nothing really happened, except we did count 54 uh, Starlink satellites in a row. That was cool. And then last night, uh, while I was on the phone with, uh, I think it was Nicole Sakich, I was outside and saw Starlink again fly over my house. And right at the last satellite we saw, this bright flashing orb went ripping through the sky And the funny part about it was, I thought it was a jet, but there was no noise behind it. Nothing. And it went from uh, southwest to northwest, and this thing was moving. Like, double the speed of, triple the speed of uh, the Starlink satellites. I don't know what the hell it was, but it is unidentified to me. But, yeah, not a single peep of sound. Uh, or or anything. Uh, let's say thank you tonight to Cat Chaser with the hat trick right off the bat. D. Cohen, Mennonite Abe, Y.J. Overlander. Thank you so much for the love with the Super Chats on my return. Very much appreciated. Give us a thumbs up, everyone. And if you're new, hit that subscribe button. Ring that bell. Quick shout out to Louie Ta. How are you? Matt Geek, good to see you. And who else jumped in here late as I'm watching the time here? I think we're good right there. Let's get the second half hour going right now. Hey, Adam Lane, how you doing? half hour of space down radio is now underway my name is dave scott thank you so much for joining us we really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live and kpnl all of our archives are free join us at youtube.com Forward slash spaced out radio stool, Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Here we go. Second half hour former police officer Brandon Wainwright who's gone from wanting to know the who, what, where, when, why to following his woo path. I love it. Love it. Brandon, now residing in Florida. He's the author of a book called Tyson's Gift, which can be found on Amazon. Brandon, welcome back. Thanks. Good to have you. Good to be
2: back. (laughs) Good to to
1: have you here. Right before the break, I'd ask you a pretty Uh tough question just regarding your career choices and, and how the people around you were reacting to this, when you said, hey, you know, I'm no longer going to be a police officer. I've decided to to change careers here, but I am going to be following my intuitive path, find out my own spirituality. You know, there had to be a lot of people around you, Brad, and and shaking their heads saying, dude, what are you doing? You're giving up a good career, a good pension, a a good lifestyle after you retire, you know, in 20, 25 years. What, What the hell are you doing with yourself?
2: Well, the, the thing is, I I, I left. The, the reason I left the police was was for very specific reasons that that were in the best interest of me and my family. So, um, you know, and it involved things going on in California and that sort that sort of thing. I don't. I'll let you guide that if you if you want to get specific about it. Um, but but so as far as the family was concerned, you know, they my wife actually left the state for the same reasons I did ultimately, uh, you know, the, the leaving the police was ultimately, I think it was time for me. I think it's, it's, it was the best thing for me, but, but it wasn't just, just because just I I didn't leave because it was time to get out of, the, out of law enforcement. I left for other reasons. And, and so we had, we definitely had people questioning what we were doing, um, out, especially out there. And, uh, Some, some of the people I worked with felt that way, but it wasn't because of my, my dedication to the woo, you know, it was, it was more about the reason, the specific reasons I was leaving. Um, I had already been, been trying to delve into this stuff for a couple of years before that, you know, um, from the time that I first started having those experiences with Tyson and, and the, the things that are detailed in the book. Um, So my coworkers and actually my, my friends, they all, I, I didn't definitely didn't, uh, hide my, my fascination with the woo. Cause I, you know, like most people that are just getting involved in, in metaphysics, I was pretty jazzed about it. I wanted to scream out to the world all these things that I was experiencing so that other people could have the same experience as I was, you know, and find that same kind of peace. So people knew about it. Um, what, what's been, What's been difficult for me, I think it's been more my own, um, I don't know if insecurities is the right word, but like fully coming out of the closet, I guess, I guess is the best way to describe it. But, you know, before I was doing it as a, as a spiritual exploration on the side, you know, I, I still, I still was a regular guy. I was still a police officer doing this, doing a regular Joe job supporting my family and doing all that, um, and with doing Reiki and, and, and the other things that I was trying to pursue, um, on the side now, now I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing it as, as my, my focus, you know, and, and when you do that and you, when I, when I made the announcement, you know, on Facebook and, and said, I started this practice, I, it was much more difficult than, than any of the other, expositions that i had i had done on myself you know because now it's like you, you, you've taken this from hey i'm i'm doing this kind of on the side to i believe in it so much and it and it's and it's such an important thing to me that i'm now going to do it for a living and that's a different thing i mean i i wouldn't have thought it was but it is it, it, it i felt very very vulnerable and i still do to some extent i still have a hard time You know, reaching out because I'm trying to stir business up, and and so reaching out to friends and 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 wanting to, so I'm kind of choosy as to who I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to and 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 talk to them directly about it because I I think a lot of people would be kind of, I'm not into that, and I've had you know I I've even had people like um, people that I did some pretty significant healings on when i when it came time i asked them for a testimonial you know it's always good to have some testimonials and and they're like then i find out that well they're not they don't really want to do it because it, it, they're worried about being judged by the members of their church oh my yes. or, or 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 uh you know which is ironic if you actually know what this stuff is about um or or you know I don't know that it was really the energy healing. Maybe it was, you know, it could have just been coincidence. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put a testimonial about that. Well, you sure as heck were willing to take the healing when you were hurting, (laughs) you know, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't hurt when, when they, when they did that. So, so certainly it's certainly, it's a transition, you know, but it's, it's, I can't I can't go back I mean like like you know that once once you start to to see the truth in these things you can't just turn your back on it that would be that would be living a lie so I guess ho- hopefully that answers your question
1: no i I fully get where where you're coming from right now i I totally understand what you're feeling and what you're doing and and everything I, and the more you go down this path the more it opens up to more than just any type of psychic healing. Or or, or intuition. I mean, at some point, you're going to come to a crossroads where things that you might not be used to start showing up. I know for me and many others, you know, immediately when we went into this, our houses became haunted. You know, have you had that mm. happen around your house where all of a sudden there's dead people lining up making noise?
2: No, actually, I, you know... I I really haven't um I I had lots of of haunted encounters before before this um but but I I, I think you know well first off if, if with the with the type of work that I'm doing it's you know it's it's drawing in the light so so it the, the stuff that's going to come in is is or the spirits that are going to come in are going to be positive so even if they're you know when you say haunted, I mean, it's, I think it'll be, it'll be spirits that that maybe they need some help. It's not so much that they, that they're trying to do any harm. Um, but you know, I I have a friend who, who I grew up with that I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing energy healing for from a distance. He lives in, he and his wife live in Arizona and, (laughs) um, and it's, it's benefited them, um, quite a bit, but but just th- this last week they called me up on the phone kind of, kind of nervous. Like, um, and th- they said that their dog started lo- watching something and, you know, like looking up at the wall and in there, the dog is clearly tracking something and there's a spirit in the house and they don't know what it is and it's making them really uncomfortable. And they're like, is it because of, is it, is it because of the energy healing? Do you think that that's what's drawing it in? And, you know, I can't say that it, that it's not, but it's, it's not, I, I don't think it would be an an evil thing. It would be, maybe they're drawn towards that light. And, and so, but they were, they were nervous about it. So I did a distance healing on the house and, and it's gone. So, you know, I mean, I, I have, I haven't had, I haven't had too much of a problem with that, but like I said, um, I've definitely had experiences in the past with, with hauntings and and things like that. So
1: do you, as you go down this path, is this what you're doing now full time is your own spiritual healing and your own spiritual practice?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I wouldn't say that I'm working 40 hours a week, but yeah, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) I've got, yeah, I've got a spiritual practice that I started in April. Um, Prior to that, you know, I, I did for years. I did, I, all I did was free healings for people and I, I want to do it on a more significant level, you know, in order to do, be able to do that, you have to start charging. And, uh, it's been a, it's been a process, you know, initially any, I think most healers will tell you when you first start to make a business out of it, it doesn't feel right. You know, the idea that you're charging people money to heal them, you do, that's not why you started doing it. So it feels a little bit. I shouldn't say dirty, but it just, it, there's some conflict there, you know. Uh, but it's, it's, it's slowly growing, very slowly, and I'm, you know, I'm hoping that it, it continues to.
1: Now for you, uh, you know, now that you've chosen this path, what do you want out of it? What's it for you? Because we all want to help people. That's why I got a radio show. We all want, I want to help people learn about these amazing topics that are out there that are still quite taboo to the modern public. That's my yeah. selfishness, or that's what I do publicly. But my selfishness is I want answers to my own experiences, and I have an opportunity to potentially interview people to help me along my own path. So for you, what's in this for you personally?
2: you and i are, are very are very close we're really on similar paths um for me it, it my goal is to, is just to do my part in normalizing if you will the stuff um you know exposing people like my book you know it, it if the whole idea behind it is is here I am this regular joe completely ordinary guy no woo-woo or anything and I and I have all these experiences that prove to me without question that that there's life after death and and also you know pretty cool story about a connection with with a dog right but that but the whole the the, the reason aside from memorializing my my beloved dog's life and my connection to him the reason i wrote that book the main reason i wrote that book was to help other people and expose them you know to just at least break the ice for, to help to inspire them to go on their own search and so through the healing page one chapter one this isn't an audiobook but it can be the start of a story yours
4: see every good story starts with being there meeting people in person, facing challenges face-to-face, getting out of your hometown, and your comfort zone. So for those who want a story to tell, Delta has a world full of places to start. Delta. Keep climbing.
3: Fuel your passion and protect your engine with penzoil For a limited time, you can earn a $25 gift card of your choice when you choose penzoil Platinum Full Synthetic. Offer ends 10 Terms apply. See Pennzoil.com slash rewards for details.
2: And, you know, I mean, I've had some pretty awesome healings that have happened, but but that's... And, when I, when I, and I, I stop and think about it sometimes. Is, is that really why you're doing it? Is it for the healing? Well, yes and no. It's... It, I certainly want to help people with whatever it is that they're struggling with, but, but I want, I want them to be helped by spirit and for them to see it and experience it and, and know that, that there's more, you know, and the challenge there is that at least where I'm at right now is that most people aren't going to be open to it, at least not, not enough to where they're willing to invest in it. You know, the skin in the game type of thing, unless they're, unless they're already kind of believers right they might not be full believers but they're you know at least they're open um and so that's why like I, like with my friends i keep telling them you know just I, I charge them just a little tiny bit just to just enough to where they've got a little bit of skin in the game but not enough to where they're going to lose anything and just to expose them and so they can and they can they can see how real it actually is and 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 i tell i i when i was a, a cop still i I can't tell you how many conversations I got with people some of whom I was writing a ticket to about this. stuff. (laughs) I had one lady that I wrote a ticket to and I, I told, I felt really bad because especially after we had this conversation about all this stuff and I still had written her the ticket and I said, listen, I I'm just doing my job here, but I, you know, I I think you're a good person and I, and I, and I really, I want to do something nice for you. So if you, email me your address. I will send you a copy of my book. (laughs) And I did. And she ended up reading it and then giving it to somebody else who then reached out to me. So, you know, the connections come in, in weird places, but like you, that's my goal is to, is to have, is to connect with, with other people and, and, and just share with them, share with them what I have to offer as a healer, but also the experiences and the love and the, and the, the information opening them up to 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 our eternal nature you know um on the selfish side i mean i mean come on you you can't help but get a big rush when you when you somebody when you heal somebody you know i know i mean i mean it's like like, uh, a couple weeks ago i a friend of mine who i live in you know i'm in florida he's up in illinois and he he had he had a, a bout with Crohn's, and you know Crohn's is one of those things that comes and goes, and you get those flare ups. And he he asked me for healing because he had a flare up, and I called him back when I was done, and he goes, "Dude, it's gone." You know, I can't. You know, when that something like that happens, it's pretty bitching. You know, it's bitching not just because not not just because the person's, well, wow, you you're feeling better." That's all you know, it makes you feel good because you helped them, but it's also bitching because it's like, wow, this is some powerful stuff. You know, I mean, it's, it's just very, um, uplifting and, and validating and, and, and so my, the selfish part of me is on an exploration, you know, to see how, how much I can accomplish and, and develop in, you know, in in my intuitive and healing abilities. Um, but mostly, I just kind of want to. I want to leave my small footprint of, of goodness and helping people. That's it. You know, I'm 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 49 years old. and know, I probably have another 35, 40 good years left in me. You know, and you know, give or take. what edition of 73
1: I, are you? What edition of 73?
2: What what what's, what? what what month of
1: 73? June. Oh, I got you by a month. June what? Fifteenth. Oh, yeah, I got you. I'm I'm May twenty fourth, so.
2: so. So are you? Are you Gemini?
1: I'm Gemini too. I am Gemini too.
2: So what? What? What's the first day? Are you? Are you? That means you're on a cusp, right? I,
1: I'm on the cusp with Taurus.
2: Because oh, I'm on the cusp with Cancer. Yes. So that's cool. I, so no I, 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 yeah.
1: I got to ask you though, and I will be kicking myself in the butt if I don't. The lady you sent your book to after you gave her a ticket, how much did you write her up for for speeding?
2: Um, well, it wasn't a speeding ticket. It was. Um, it was for. I, I patrolled. I I patrolled the regional park system. So. You know, and this particular park was in Oakland, California. And it was in a in a re, in a, a resource protection area where dogs are required to be on leash. And it's a very a very sensitive area that we have a lot of problems with with people ignoring the the rules. Signs just, you know, every so many feet they have a sign. So we we don't give a lot of warnings. So yeah, that's what I wrote her for was a dog off leash. Yeah. So we're talking about her we're talking about her dog and this dog is like a nice dog and i'm petting the dog and loving on the dog and even though i had i wrote i i was i wrote a lot of dog off leash tickets believe it or not i'm i'm a dog lover through and through but i wrote a lot of dog off leash tickets but that's you know i mean it's one of those things but speed i wrote plenty of speeding tickets too in my day but but you know so what's a good what's, a good what's a good dog so, ticket
1: going dog off leash ticket going for
2: well, in the Bay Area, I have heard they went up actually, but when I was there it was close to $300. Are you
1: kidding me? That's like Vancouver. American. That's like Vancouver.
2: <laughs> that's like Vancouver.
1: We're going to have to confirm with Merle on Wednesday night about this. Jeez. I
2: I wish that they that they weren't so expensive because you know, but that's what they were. I mean, there was nothing I could do about it. I I hear you. Uh, right, here,
1: here's I my book is consolation read it and weep ladies read it and weep
5: <laughs> well she
2: she she actually did follow up with me and you know she didn't hold it against me so i guess i guess she understood once i explained everything but yeah i tell you what you know just for the the the, the for people that scoff at, at at the cops that do that kind of patrol <laughs> when i first became an officer I, I first, I worked for, for California state parks, which, which is a, you know, so I was, I was state park police and you know, I talking to the Rangers before I went, actually went in and, and I'm saying, it's, you know, seems like a pretty cool job. You know, you're out there in this beautiful area and you know, and, and, and they're like, yeah, no, it's pretty cool most of the time. But I'll tell you what, you know, those dog off leash site contacts are rough and I, And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And of all the things that, you know, that a cop deals with, that's really what's going to be a stressful. It is by far the most stressful thing that I did in my career. And I, I, you know, I I dealt with murder. I dealt with with heavy drugs. I dealt with those dog off-leash tickets. They might not generally be dangerous because the people aren't necessarily going to attack you. But you, man, you talk because they, they take the problem. Is it's 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 something in their mind trivial, right? And they think that you're being officious, and 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 they take it personal. That's the problem, and so it, it gets very volatile very quickly. And so, in terms of being able to deal with people, uh, <laughs> those are the I hear you. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm not pissing off your your, your audience. <laughs> no, so, but no. you know.
1: We're just going to call you that guy.
2: <laughs> yeah. That guy, you're that no. guy. You know, for what it's worth, I you know I was I was doing my job. I didn't I didn't enjoy writing writing tickets. I I I did it because it was my job. But you know, it's uh, one of those things.
1: Brendan, we got two and a half minutes before we have to go to break at the top of the hour. Brendan Wainwright is our guest. You know, for you intuitively speaking, I mean listening to the passion in your voice you still get quite amazed when you're able to help guide someone down a proper path you know is that just because this is still new to you have you figured out how you're doing it yet
2: yeah i mean i i definitely i, I you know i've taken the 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 healing modalities that i offer i've i've learned from from other teachers so um i've certainly I've learned how it works with me. I've learned, you know, how the how I the energy, what it feels like as it's going through me, uh, mentally and spiritually, where I need to be in order to be a good conduit. Because yeah. the reality is, I'm not doing the healing; spirits doing the healing, and using me as a channel, right? Um, so, so, yeah. I, I hopefully that answers your question. You know, I've definitely. I, I've, I've figured that out and I've, I've added little subtle things too, you know, that, that, and I've actually, some people, I know people with other modalities that I've teamed up with where we work on somebody at the same time and I assist them. I use my energy to assist them in what they're doing, um, which is pretty cool. Uh,
1: well, when we come back from the break, let's, let's learn how you do this. All right, I want to know how you heal someone or or what that's like, how how you embark on this path of entering someone's own, uh, you know, soulful uh, consciousness to heal what's wrong. And, and, you know, because, look, a lot of people will, will call this snake oil. And I don't mean that to be rude because I think you're a pretty no. genuine. You're a pretty genuine guy who isn't going to want to pull the wool over people's eyes, you know. But I mean, there's a lot of of uh, you know, risk going into something like this with, you know, and putting your own reputation and humanity on the line. And and, and I would love to get into that with you when we return on Spaced Out Radio, our number 2. Brandon Wainwright is our guest. He's got a great book called Tyson's Gift that you can check on out on Amazon. Go get yourself a copy. It's absolutely amazing. From police officer to Woo Healer. I love it. I love it. Brandon Wainwright, really good guy. Highly suggest you check him on out. Yeah, he's SOR approved. We'll tell you that right now. Space Out Radio continues. With hour number two, and we'll take audience questions if you're in our chat room next. All right, we're clear. Hour two down. Hi, Katie Moonbeam Page. How you doing? Good to see you, Katie. All right, Dirty Filth. You ready to take over here, Brandon? We got about uh, six minutes here.
2: Okay. You can hang out. The-
1: with, you can hang out with Dirty Filth and ask him questions about his art if you want.
2: Is he, is he is he drawing dirty pictures? <laughs> uh,
1: we don't know yet. Let's um,
2: let's take a look. Yeah, we'll have to find out.
1: Here, we'll take a look here. What do you got for us, Phil? It's
6: page one. We got page two.
1: Oh, a double shot tonight. I'll be right oh, back. Yes,
6: Dave's going to be
2: right back. So, so what? What was it? What what inspired this 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 new addition to the show? Uh,
6: well, we basically got tired of looking at Dave's chair. So, <laughs> we, so Dave's like, "Well, dirty filth, can you come on and draw cartoons?" I go, "Yeah, sure, why not? I'm drawing cartoons anyways." Cool. Except now I now I have to. I now you to have talk to draw once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Plus, well, I'm yeah. always drawing cartoons, but now I gotta. And I also have to make sure I don't swear or anything or belch. I've famously done that a few times and it's only been a couple months, so
2: <laughs> do, you, do you usually focus on uh you know, like Bigfoot and that sort of thing, or do you draw whatever? I've
6: I've drawn whatever. I actually have a I have intellectual property for a cartoon character that I draw. But he's a super antihero and not safe for work, so I never really talk about it. But uh nonetheless, uh, I I just like drawing like the UFO and Sasquatch yeah. and things like that. I've always I've always been into that since I was a kid. So, I I drew Dave a cartoon years ago. He's like, hey, you want to draw a cartoon for us once a week? And I went sure. And then eventually, we decided that we could like, hey, dirty filth, whiskey. It's my cat. Sorry. <laughs> um, I <sighs> I apologize. No, no. She's no. a grump. But um
2: once you're
5: attention. Like, hey, well,
6: we'll just draw cartoons on there and then so yeah, I started drawing cartoons and everyone like, watching the cartoons. And sometimes my cats pile on the table or incessantly meow. I can't help it. It comes with the territory.
2: <laughs> yeah. Spontaneous. Anyways, I'm rambling, I apologize. No, no. I, I asked. you ever draw draw scenes from your favorite movies?
6: Actually, not movies, but I have done a few cartoons from the Malazan series. It's a book series, like super high fantasy, gritty stuff. And um, I've done a couple cartoons from that. Shared it with some Facebook groups. And everybody had a chuckle at it, so I don't know what that. Too. Not too much for movies, though. Mostly books. I read a lot of books. Reading is good. Books and cartoons, mostly, or comic books rather, and the occasional cartoon like Ren and Stimpy, things like that. Always influential. What about South Park? South Park's great because those guys. What I'm, but the thing they inspire me the most about is they get their an entire episode done in a week, from like top to bottom, and that amount of like turnover time to. Making cartoons, pretty.
2: That's pretty incredible. Cool. I didn't even know that. Wow. I, I, only, said, I only recently learned about that, so it's kind of a new thing for me too. They're yeah, they're so prolific. It, it blows me away. I think it's been what like since nineteen ninety six, seven since they started. And to be able to keep making stuff that's that funny consistently, I. I I tip my cap to them to say the least. Oh, definitely.
6: Yeah, it's always it's always interesting cuz they dig on on current things and they do it in such a sly way that you, Yeah, you just like you said you got to tip your hat to them. Most people probably couldn't come up with a cartoon or something like that and
2: There there's an episode that I just recently discovered um it's it's the you you familiar with the one where where the they're cheesing the cat they're they're sniffing the the cat pee yes <laughs> <laughs> I I oh, saw that a terrible. couple months ago and I when they when they start going into the uh, the, the psychedelic scenes where they're tripping oh um, I I about fell out of my chair I was laughing so hard
5: yeah. uh.
6: <laughs> I'd like to sit there for a week and just watch them. Some- <laughs> Do their work and just absorb that like a fungus or a sponge or something.
2: How about you, Dave? You know which episode we're talking about. What's what's that? the 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 episode of South Park where the, where they're cheesing, where they're sniffing the cat pee, and they they and they they it's like LSD. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
6: no, because they got the heavy they got the heavy metal in there and everything.
2: Yeah. It's it's so good. It's called Major Boobage. I was trying to think of what the name of it is. That's, That's a, the name of the episode.
1: <laughs> I love South Park. I love <laughs> South Park. All right. Uh, let's say a quick hello to J. Don, Jessica S., thank you for coming on in, and Alex Kuhn, good to see you back. And uh, let's see here. Uh, who else is joining us? Uh, we're about 15 seconds away. Dirty Filth. We'll get you to mute. You've already done that. Thank you tonight to YJ, Mennonite Abe, D. Cohen, and Cat Chaser with a natural hat trick of Super Chats. Let's make it happen here on Spaced Out Radio. Here comes hour number two. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up here. Here we go.
2: You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show.
1: Two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Camisol. Camisol is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Pooh's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. All right, here we go. Our number two. Brandon Wainwright is our guest. He's the author of Tyson's Gift. And after 12 years of serving as a police officer, he is now using his own intuitive skills to help people and potentially heal them. So let's get brandon right back here you can find his book on Amazon Brandon welcome back
2: Thank you Dave oh by the way my um the, my my website is um tyson'sgift.com and you can get the book there if you want and uh then the healing website is tyson'sgifthealing.com there you go just a uh, little little plug there
1: that's all right <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll let that go we'll let that go just <laughs> cut me right off that's okay that's okay. I'm having fun with you tonight. I, I, I figured I
2: figured you'd be cool with it. Oh yeah, of
1: course, <laughs> of course. Hey, I, I want to ask you. Getting into this, okay? When you first figured out that you could help people, potentially heal them from their inner inner pain, inner child, inner soul, you know, how did you figure out that you could do that?
2: Well, the, the first the first step that I that happened with me was as I. Once I started to realize that this was real, my, my first step was to learn Reiki. I, I was looking for a way to expand and I would started meditating and, and it was all completely new to me. And I had a friend um, at work who had recently retired, another animal lover, and, and she had studied Reiki and she suggested that I, I do it. So I, I learned Reiki and I, and I quickly realized that I, I had a, a strong ability with it um, as far as being able to physically feel the energy and, and channel it. And so I just kept working with it and, and experimenting, you know, Hey, you got a, you got a hurt arm. Can I send you some Reiki or can I work on your arm a little bit? Or, you know, you got a headache. Can I, you want me to try and heal it? And that sort of thing. Um, And that's really how it, it stayed at that level for, for a couple of years. Yeah, the the nice thing about about energy healing, a lot of it is that you can, you know, spiritual energy isn't good. Whether
0: it's a girls' night out, brunch with your work besties, or a night in with sprinkles. The crisp refreshing taste of Kim Crawford makes any moment amazing. So wherever you go, shine with Kim Crawford. Available in Sauvignon Blanc and Rosé. Kim Crawford Make it amazing. Buy Kim Crawford at orderkimcrawford.com. Please enjoy our wines responsibly. 2022 Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California, USA. When you're going from brunch with the in-laws to happy hour with your coworker crew, you need a wine that's made for any moment. With 70 calories per serving and 7% ABV, Kim Crawford Illuminate Sauvignon Blanc is full flavor wine with a refreshing taste. Buy Kim Crawford Illuminate at orderkimcrawford.com. Also available in rosé. Make it amazing. Kim Crawford Illuminate Sauvignon Blanc per five fluid ounce average analysis, calories, 70 carbohydrates, four grams, protein, zero grams, fat, zero grams. Please enjoy our wines responsibly. 2022 Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California, USA.
2: Governed by geography or time. And so you can, you can send it to people. It gets there faster than the speed of light. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's cool because you, you don't have to physically be in the room with them and, and you can practice as much as you want, you know, as long as people are willing to let you you know, you need to respect that boundary. But, um, so what I found was that I, it, you know, I, I don't necessarily think, I think I have a strong ability with it, but I don't think I'm unusual. Most, most intuitives that I've, that I've met are do energy healing as well. You know, I, I don't, I don't know how powerful they are or whatever. They don't share their experiences with me necessarily, but most of them do. Um, and, and you just, you know, you see that, you see that a good, the good that it does in people, whether it actually heals them of a physical ailment or it, it, it takes, you know, i say they're really stressed out about something. It t- takes the stress away, you know, helps them to be able to sleep better. You know, in my wife's case, <laughs> she hates it when I talk about this, but when she, um, she was going through menopause and, and when I, when I first learned Reiki, I, she, she would have hot flashes, and I would just grab her hand, and the hot flash would go away, you know, just like that. And so, being able to help her with like that was really cool, you know. I and mean, you see, wow, I can do this, and you know, why? Why would you not expand on that if if you know that you can help people? So, for me, that's how it started, and then since then, I've learned, I've been, I've been actually taking classes at a, you a, a uni- know, there's actually a spiritual an in-person spiritual university in, in Northern Georgia called Delphi Delphi university. And so I've been taking classes there. Um, and I've learned several new modalities and it's really helped me to expand spiritually because it, to go deeper, you got to go deeper you know, you got to dig deeper into yourself and, and you realize that, wow, there's, there's going down the rabbit hole. There's, it's, there's a lot there. So, um, that's pretty much what's happened with me. Is that I've just, you know, I realize that I that I can actually do it. So why not keep going?
1: So for you, as you've gone down this path and you've learned to to do Reiki, I'm a big believer and a big fan of Reiki. I, I really am. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've I've helped people as well. It's amazing what are you, you are you a Reiki are you a Reiki no, practitioner? I, no, I just learned how to do it you know but well then I, you
2: then you're a reiki practitioner no, i I, right? I
1: don't like considering myself that you know because if you if you
2: use it to help people you're a practitioner i don't do it, it doesn't often. mean you ha- you don't do what
1: i don't do it often i don't do well it
2: that doesn't mean yeah but you're you got two full-time jobs that doesn't mean True. you're not you're not a healer True.
1: but here here's the thing here's the thing i remember i in one of my most stressful times of my life uh, I was walking hunched over I was I was depressed I was my anxiety was at an all time level I wasn't sleeping at night my back was like literally killing me every day my partner she's in Reiki and does she's a Reiki uh, healer and I she goes let me try this on you and I was like I don't want any of that crap I don't believe in it you can't do that that doesn't work she's like just shut up and let me try so I was like okay She started about six feet away from me. She goes, can you feel my hands? I'm like, no. She walked up a little bit more. She goes, can you feel my hands now? I'm like, no. Walked up a little closer, and I was screaming. And I started yelling at her, like, get your hands off my back. It was a little bit more colorful than that. And she's like, I'm not touching you. I'm like, what do you mean you're not touching me? She goes, turn around. And I was in a swivel chair and I turn around and she's still two and a half feet behind me, like her hands. Mm -hmm. Now her body is another, you know, what, seven, eight inches away. And that's where I knew like, holy cow. And she started pulling these, these, what she called knives out of my back. And I'll tell you, I, I never slept so well as I did that night. Wow. Yeah. But it that's was pretty awesome. it was powerful. It was very powerful and ever since then, you know, I'm to the point now where all she has to do is if I'm if I'm not feeling good or if I'm overtired, all she has to do is is put her hands on my feet because that's your grounding part. And mm-hmm. within 3 minutes, I'm in the deepest sleep that is unknown. Like to me, because I don't sleep nice. very well, so, it, so it's, she's she's quite she's she's oh, yeah. quite talented then. Very yeah, very. And so it was uh, it was quite a learning experience of of learning you know how powerful Reiki can be, whether you're getting it from um, you know somebody from a distance. I have people, including people in our chat room, uh, Kira in our chat room, where. It, it, if she feels I need Reiki, she just sends it. She, like, she'll send me a text message. She'll be like, hey, uh, you, you know, I'm picking up this stuff. Would you like some Reiki? I'll be like, yes, please. You know, <laughs> like send it, send all of it. Send the army of Reiki knots over to Dave to clear me out. You know, but that's how powerful it it, it truly is. And it it's an amazing gift. It really is.
2: Yeah. And it's a, you know, it's a gift for everybody. It's, it's not, it's not like, well, it's when I first learned it, it was, it was like, it was, first off, it was hard to believe that I was actually doing it. And then, then you'd be saying, Ooh, you know, I can do this. I've, you know, then you, cause it's so for most people, myself included, you know, the ego is, is a thing you constantly battle. Right. You know? So yeah, I wanted to help people, but my ego was involved a lot in the beginning it took a long time to work through it actually like you know and i'm still you know to, i'm not going to say that i'm not still working through it to some extent um but but you're 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 asking yourself well is it something i'm doing is it am i a good reiki practitioner am i doing this all, all right well and the reality is it's not you it's it's coming from spirit so anybody anybody that 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 is aligned with that, that that resonates with wanting to channel healing energy can do it. It's as simple as that. I'm not special. I'm not, it sounds like your, your partner's is, is quite powerful. Like she's a a really good conduit um, or channel. Uh, But, but anybody that decides they would like to do this can, and, and, uh, you know, at least, at least with Reiki. And I I mean, the other modalities that I've learned, I, I think, I think, They're, they're, they're a little more involved, but, uh, they're basically the same thing. If you, if you want to, to make, to do that kind of work, anybody can do it.
1: So explain to people then, you know, before we get into some audience questions here, explain to people then how they accept it. Like if you're saying down in Florida and I'm up here in British Columbia there's almost four thousand miles between us. How can you know our good friend Brandon down in Florida all of a sudden heal Dave up in british columbia
2: well like like I was saying it spiritual energy isn't isn't governed by geography or or time it's it's quantum it's you know it's it's a, it's a quantum physics so What I what I try the reality is you you put your hand up okay I've got the solid hand here the reality is that ninety nine percent of that hand is is clear and you know and just empty space right things aren't what they appear to be and that I think get being able to wrap your brain around that that's the first thing you have to understand is that is that what we perceive is only a small part of of the big picture and and energy and thought travel faster than light. And so if, if you, when, when, thoughts are, are actual things, right? So my if my thought is, my intention is that I want to heal you of something that's going on with you and I send my love and healing to you from 4,000 miles away, it's going to get to you like that. It's, it's where the reality is we're right next to each other just like the different planes of, of reality are right on top of each other. The astral plane is right here. You know, it just, but you can't perceive it because our vibration is different. It's a slower vibration. So if you think of it in those terms that the energy is able to, is like, like, like right now I'm, I'm, I'm look, I can see you on my screen and I'm talking to you. You know, you can see me. Um, the energy that I'm sending that, that, when you do energy healing is moving faster than the signal that's, that's making it possible for us to see each other. It literally works that way. What's hard is, is that we don't, you know, we, we know, and we know because of the results that this, this stuff exists. And, you know, there, there's, if they, if they were looking at, um, at atoms or, or yeah, atoms under a microscope and, and there were electrons that, that, actually disappeared and reappeared right because they they their their vibration sped up fast enough to where they no longer were visible and they they went out of that out of the physical plane and then slowed down and came back into the physical plane so existence is 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 very different from what we perceive and and I for people that don't that don't believe it I get it because it took me a long time to to fully understand it The way the way I the way the reason I was open to it was when I first learned Reiki. You know, the first level. I the way the program that I went through. You learned level one, which is the hands-on, and then level two, which is distance. They're two separate classes. So I I had taken I took level one several months before level two. So I worked with it, you know, hands-on before I took that that leap into saying, okay, I'm going to be able to send this distance. The way I thought of it was okay. If this energy is, is not coming from me and I don't think it is, you know, I'm just, I'm just Joe Schmo human, but I'm able to, to, to do these healings, um, on people. If clearly that's not coming from me, it's coming from spirit. And if, if it's, if I can channel it through myself, why couldn't I channel it to somebody that's far away from me?
1: Makes a lot of sense.
2: is it? Isn't it the same? You know, it's still, it's still hard to wrap your brain around, though, because your logical, left brain, you know, physical oriented mind is saying, no, 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 that's that's not the reality that I know, and and so it's, it's one of those things where you have to, at least in my experience, you have to keep working with it and have and having it and experiencing it and seeing the results of it, and feeling the energy before you're, you're going to, you're going to get full buy-in. You can believe in it theoretically and spiritually, you know, have a knowing and and jump in. But I think there's that skepticism is a natural part of the process. And, and I think it's a healthy part of the process actually too. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be a critical thinker. Otherwise you just, you're going to get duped into whatever. Um, But, but you can be a critical thinker and still have it be reinforced and reinforced and reinforced it's just a matter of being open-minded
1: makes a lot of sense let's get some audience questions here if you don't mind because they are starting to pile no up, brandon
2: let's, that's a good sign right uh
1: it is let's start off with holly here <laughs> have you ever used flower essences after a session
2: um no i i don't i haven't used it but i i certainly know people that do and I, I know that they're that they're very powerful um there's there's one modality i recently learned and and it's not a requirement necessarily but they they taught us to use um rose oil when we're when we're working on with this particular you know go, top touching the third eye that's part of this modality and um and it, and it, it does i think it because it, the flowers have a certain vibration and so having those vibrations that that are in um that they're they're parallel to what your the same vibrations of your chakras, that's gonna help you be in a more healthy state. So I, I haven't personally learned it but but I know people that have and I know it's it's powerful. So good question.
1: All right, let's move on to another one. This one from Wes, which is uh let's get to this one here. This is the full question what was the strongest reaction someone you've healed has had
2: ah uh, i think the the one the one that I, I always point to i mean i i've had like a couple a couple weeks ago well i had the crohn's one a couple weeks ago and then a few weeks prior to that um i was at a psychic fair and there was a, a gal there that that had um had blindness in one eye and it, it, the blind, it was one of those situations where, where her, she would go blind and, and then it would come back, but it was degenerative and it seemed like it was just getting worse and worse and worse. So I, I did a healing on her. And, and about a week later, her grandmother, who she was with, emailed me and, and told me that, um, that she hadn't had any, she'd been, hadn't had any, anything like that. It'd been completely good eyesight ever since she saw me. So I don't I don't know what's happened since, but I took that to be pretty powerful. Um, the, the when I first this is just a, just to show you that it's not necess, It's not the practitioner necessarily. It's it's the energy. Um, when I first learned distance Reiki, uh, my friend's daughter. So I wasn't you know I wasn't I was just experimenting, but I found out just before I got the attunement that my friend's daughter had chronic migraines. She this is on we were still in California and they were in Ohio and chronic migraines to the point where she had dropped out of school quit her job her her life was falling apart she was in college and she just couldn't go to the classes because she was having these debilitating migraines every day and and so i i asked hey i'm getting this attunement would it be okay if i if i start sending this energy to her and and she says oh yeah that's so sweet you know like not really buying it um and and so as soon as i started sending like literally as soon as I started sending, the migraine stopped, and and it had been going on for years and just getting worse and worse. And she had tried medical methods to get rid of it, and you know, diet and exercise and those sorts of things. Um, she had one more ten minute migraine, and that was it, gone. And sadly, she's one of the ones that wouldn't give me a testimonial. <laughs> so you know, but that that goes to sh- that goes to show you though that you know that it's not. I mean, I was just learning and I was able to do that, that, that healing on her. So that, that was, that was really something I, there, there was an, one I did on a dog, um, that, that's one of my favorite stories when I I was on patrol, I was on my motorcycle and I, I pulled into one of the parking lots, um, that we had a lot of car burglaries in and there was a, a, a volunteer that had her dog there that was, she would do volunteer walking patrol and her dog. Um, It was a cattle dog and, and he was having hip problems to real bad to the point where he couldn't even really go on hikes. And she told me, Hey, I, I just came, just came from the vet, got a bunch of medicine. I'm hoping that helps him. And, and I said, I, and that day, for whatever reason, my hands were just buzzing all day, just had lots of energy flowing through them. I wasn't even trying to channel it. They were just, it was just, you know, so I, I said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a Reiki master. Um, are you familiar with Rick? And she, and she was, I, she actually had, had gone, had a, a practice that she went to. And, uh, and so I said, would it be all right if I worked on him for a minute? And so I, I got down on my knees and, and, you know, just, just held his hips for probably it wasn't even five minutes I would say. And right away she could see the reaction as soon as the energy started to flow. She, and she says, Oh, he likes that. And, uh, when I was done, I mean, it, it, you know, it warmed my heart. Anytime you work on animals to me, it, it warms my heart. Cause they, they just, they're just, just all love. Right. So he, this dog jumps up when I'm done and goes and jumps into the back of her van full, full agility, like, like nothing was wrong. And, and I, she says, well, he's feeling a lot better about, about two weeks later, she texts me and she says, I just want to let you know that, that he has been his loud normal self ever since you worked on him and i never had to give him any medicine beautiful which which was pretty awesome you know and that th- th- those types of stories any any healer that does this stuff on a regular basis i'd say is going to have these types of stories you know because it's just part of the part of the part of the deal
1: brandon i'm going to get hold on right there we got a bunch of questions from our audience Lined up for you for the next half hour. And we got a new feature out that we're going to start with you tonight. It's called Dave's top five. What it's about. We don't know. We'll figure it out when we get to it. Cause I don't even know what we're going to do, but we'll figure it out. Brandon cool. Wainwright is our guest tonight on space out radio. You can grab his book at Tysonsgift.com. Check him on out. We're having a great time with my man, Brandon we're going to get to your questions as well try and fit them all in we'll be back with more speech down radio when we return stay tuned rock and roll man rock and roll half an hour to go here
2: <laughs> do you still do play the sound of the, the thunder
1: yeah at the bottom yeah. of the hour
2: Okay. I guess I missed it.
1: Oh, it'll come up here in uh, five minutes. That is uh, actually uh, a tribute. The Thunder is a tribute to Art Bell. That's why we do
2: it. And that makes sense where it's from, right? Coast to coast.
1: Yeah, well... We didn't steal it off coast to coast. We found something a little bit similar, kind of like we don't want to forget the direction of how this all started. And sometimes you have to hide some nostalgia inside the radio show.
2: Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, in my opinion, that your show is, is every bit as good.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you.
2: And for for the people that are listening, I I told you this story, I think, but um after I went on the show the first time, you know, I kept listening. And and I was a motorcycle cop, and at at the end of the day, I would I would kind of start cuz where I worked, there we, there was parks in two counties, so I could kind of as I was working towards my house, I could I could take a while you know and just kind of hit parks on the way as i went and i you know i had i had bluetooth in my helmet so i would i would listen to the the show from the night before on my helmet as i was as i was driving and there were times where i realized
3: uh oh i just missed that radio transmission direct auto insurance is for uncompromisers the people who refuse to make trade-offs in life like kelly when her old car insurance got so expensive that she couldn't afford to drive anymore do you think she started carrying her groceries for miles no but she did find Direct Auto savings that allowed her to drive instead of compromise. With savings of up to 25%, you too can stop compromising and keep driving. Get a quote today at directauto.com. Savings based on applied discounts and will vary. Terms apply. How you buy can affect price. National General Group, Winston-Salem. Direct Auto Insurance is for uncompromisers. The people who refuse to make trade-offs in life. They're the ones who proudly say no to living on someone else's terms and schedule. And when it comes to insurance, they find the savings they need to keep driving. And with savings of up to $1,044 per year when you switch to direct auto, you too can stop compromising and keep driving. Get a free quote today at directauto.com or find a store near you. Data from August 2021, new customer survey. Savings of any vary. How you buy can affect price. National General Group, Winston-Salem.
2: Because I was too busy listening to Dave. <laughs> oh, it, you man. know, come in, it would come in, it'd come in on one year. For the radio, and then the other one would be sure what I was listening to. But it was cool. Blame it's me. Cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> when in doubt, blame Dave. That's all you got to do.
2: I think I would have had to hide that one. Ah, uh, he must have been in a dead spot. <laughs>
1: when in doubt, blame me. What the hell, eh? What the hell?
2: Oh, I see that. Is there, is there a picture of Tyson? Um, That's Tyson. I just saw that picture pop the question pop up. That's Tyson.
1: Good doggie.
2: Good doggie. I don't know if you can see it good. I don't even have...
1: I've got a copy of the book here. Hold on. <laughs> Dirty Filth has something there. He gets all the books.
2: So that's That's a better... Where you can kind of see him a little bit. Little Chewie,ny <laughs> three three quarters Chihuahua quarter Dachshund.
1: Mine was a half and half. Her name was Zero. Zero. Yeah.
2: That's you were telling. I think you were telling me about her. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She died exactly the way that she would want to. We lost her. What two? Three years ago? Yeah, two, three years ago already. It's so hard. And, uh, yeah, she um, she had, I think she had a heart attack while eating. She wasn't doing very well. Um, but she, um, the one thing that she loved was eating. And then she just, she was having a hot dog, you know, a broken up hot dog. And uh, mm. she just kind of. F- fell down and I heard the scream. I run upstairs and digging the hot dog out of her throat, giving her uh CPR, you know, she just, I, you know what? I, I tried my best, but damn it. She, she went the way she wanted to go. She, yeah. she loved eating human food. Okay. And that's the way she went. I don't think she could have called it better for herself. And uh, it was funny because that night, or it was it was either that night or the night after, I, I finished up the radio show. Yeah, because she passed away on the weekend. I finished up the radio show, and I went upstairs into bed, because she used to sleep on my bed. I went upstairs into, into bed, and I had to ask her to move, because I could see her on the bed. And I watched her get up and take a couple of steps and then vanish. It was Aww. it was friggin' awesome. Uh, hold on right there. I yeah, want, yeah. want to say a big thank you to Mennonite Abe, D. Cohen, YJ, and Cat Chaser with the hat trick of Super Chats tonight. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Here we go with uh, the next half hour. <laughs> Past the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky-Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. For the final time tonight, we bring in Brandon Wainwright. He's the author of Tyson's Gift, and he's talking about all of this Really awesome healing he is doing on people in finding his own spirituality as well, Tyson. Uh, Tysonsgift.com or tysonsgifthealing.com are the websites. And Brandon, welcome back.
2: Thank you. Good to be here.
1: All right. Let's get right to audience questions here. Katie wants to know, have you ever had an ET contact or sighting? (laughs) Didn't we just talk about this?
2: yes we did uh yes um but i i didn't have what do you call what are the different kinds the third kind and the second kind and i i've been i've been on a ufo tour in sedona arizona um with melinda leslie who's a friend of the show uh and the, the night we went we probably saw it's a it's an ama- by the way it's an amazing thing. It, it, she gives you night vision goggles and you go up to this this high point in, in this park that's on the edge of town. And Sedona is an international dark city, so there's not a lot of lot of uh, light, um, fluorescent lights around around the city, so it's very dark. But it's you can see a lot of stars anyway. But you, then you put the night vision goggles on, and it's like it's like you took sand and sprinkled it over a, a glass table. It's like really really heavy. And, uh, we probably saw about tw- between 25 and 30 UFOs that night. And I mean, it was really funny because while she's kind of doing her opening spiel, it was dusky still it wasn't even completely dark. And, and I'm, I'm watching the sky as she's explaining it. And I saw, I what well, she was talking about satellites, like saying, you know, if in case you're thinking they're satellites in terms of, of. The, the official government satellites that, that we've tracked during a, during a, a tour, the most we've ever seen is eight. And, and I said, well, I've seen eight just in the time you've been giving this opening spiel. And, and she goes, yeah, well, those weren't all satellites. And so then she gave us the goggles and, and I, I saw about 20, my wife, my daughter and I saw 20, about 25 or 30 UFOs. We saw a double, a triple, um, which is where you've got two flying in formation. Uh, we saw a double and then another one come into a, to the tip of the triangle, uh, and then leave. There's a place o- uh, over the top of Sedona called the portal. They call it cause it's where, um, ETs come and go. And the way, you know, they went is that they're there, they're there. And then all of a sudden they disappear. And what, what's happening is they're flying out, out of the, out of the, the earth's atmosphere. <laughs> so and we saw, um, What was really amazing on that tour was, was that she gave us lasers, um, which as you probably know, you can't shine a laser at a, a a military or civilian airplane. It's against the law. Um, but she's every night she's got all these, these lasers that she gives out to people not to, not to like harass the, the aliens, but to, to show the other people in the group where you're seeing something. So the other, so they could see it. Well, she advised us, if you flash your lights at them, your lasers at them, a lot of times they will interact with you and they'll flash their lights back. So we started doing that every time we saw one. And there was one in particular where it just kept flashing us and flashing us and flashing us. It was really, really cool. And in case you're thinking it might, it was just gas dissipating off of a satellite, well, it takes time for those for the gases to build up. You know, and, and they can't, satellites can't change directions and they can't change speed. Um, so it was, it, I'm sure you've probably seen on, on the, on documentaries of the, the Orby looking UFOs, the ones that are like multicolor and they're like, whoop, 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 you know what I'm talking about? The, yes. Like, yeah, I saw one of those, saw one of those that night. It was off the hook. So. Yes, I've seen, I've seen at least 25 to 30 of them just in that one time. Probably seen a lot more than that, too. Um, but if you're ever in Sedona and you want to check out Melinda Leslie's tour, it is a cool experience.
1: All right, let's continue on here as Katie has another question for you. Brandon, do you use sound healing, too?
2: Yes, I do. That's one of the modalities that I use. That's one where you can't really do it over a distance. Um but i i use tuning forks and toning so the idea behind that is is that your chakras they they move at a certain they vibrate at a certain frequency and and there's di- the different notes um of the scale are in line with or in sync with with that with that frequency so using um tuning forks and also um voice toning you can actually get uh get your chakras to, to get like recalibrated by, by basically making sound that's in the same frequency as them and help, it allows them to get back on track. But people really like the, the color and sound because, um, and the color too. So you use pomanders or you can use pomanders where the the pomanders are, they're basically, um, they're oils that have a certain scent. And, and the scent, it's funny cause you smell them and you can, and it smells like the color and the color also is in a, is in a frequency that's in line with, with the chakras. So, but what's really cool about it is that you can physically feel it, you know, cause sound vibrations. So you can really feel those vibrations as they're moving through your body. And I happen to have a pretty, you know, powerful voice when I'm, when I want to. uh, And and so I, I can, I can make people vibrate pretty good with my voice, <laughs> So yeah, it's 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 really fun. That's that's a really cool modality.
1: All right, let's continue on here. Hilton would like to know how do you know if you are able to do Reiki or not? Is there obvious signs?
2: Uh well I I would say the obvious sign is that people benefit from it. Yeah, I mean with with, with me well, I, I found most people that if if you practice it for any length of time. You start to know what the energy feels like when the first when I first learned it i I didn't really know like i I was working on people and i eh, I don't know if I'm feeling anything I don't know if they're feeling anything, but the more I did it, I started to feel electricity coming through my hands and now i now I really feel it. I can tell when when the energy's flowing or not and and so that's one sign is it is that is that you physically feel it now, in my case, it's electricity. Sometimes it's it's just buzzing. Sometimes it it, um, it it feels like like really strong electricity. Sometimes it feels like beads of electricity moving through my fingers. It just depends on on, on what's going on. Um, but the but I would say the main thing is that is that it it you, the person gets a benefit out of it. They and and, and what I've what I've found too is that a, a lot of times what you're feeling they they feel something completely different. Like you'll you'll hear people talk about um, like like if it your their your hand as you're working on them is feeling ice cold, and they're feeling it totally like boiling hot or or vice versa. Those are are two that's that's super common. And but it, you know it's it, most of the time what I feel they feel it's it, I would say seventy five percent of the time that's how it's worked for me. But like for example today I did a healing. And the energy, I mean, it, it went, I mean, just buzzing and then it stopped. And so I thought usually that's an indication that, that it's, it's run its course and it, and, and it's that, that area of the body has gotten enough energy. And when I was done, the person didn't get helped that much, which is really unusual. So you just, you know, you got to just kind of go with it and trust that, that, that spirit is, is doing what's best for them. You always ask for what's in their highest good when you do a healing.
1: All right, TMI is asking, where does the power come from? Who is spirit?
2: Um, well, uh, what the, the what Reiki means is 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 universal life force energy or spiritually guided life force energy. So it's 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 prana, you know, chi, ki. Um, that's that's basically basically what it is. It's 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 a universal energy that has its own intelligence it knows where to go it knows what to do and you just have to open your heart and be willing to channel it through you it's it's a, an energy of of light so it's it's coming from the most positive place um there's no darkness here you don't have to worry about it coming from an evil place or anything like that there's no strings attached <laughs> um but as far as you know, there's different. I have a I have a modality where I actually work with specific spirits, with, with actual he, um spirit spirit doctors that are in the astral plane, um, that that come through and work on the etheric body, which then manifests the the results manifest in the physical body. Um, but in, in the case of Reiki, it, I mean, that is literally what it means is the universal life force energy. So,
1: all right, before all good we, before we go to the next question. <laughs> You got to tell me about these astral doctors. Are they aliens? Are they spirits? Do they have their M.D.s?
2: Uh, what wait, What's the question?
1: Well, just um, it's a follow up question to what you said. You go to the ethereal oh, okay. level to to get a, a lot of these, um, a lot of the, you know, spiritual doctors. Are they? You know? Are they spirit? Are they alien?
2: No, in my in my case, they're that well. Three, three I've got four which is I guess a fairly high number but uh, th- um, three of them are one of them's a nurse a nurse that's crossed over one of them's a surgeon that's crossed over um, another, one, I'm not hundred percent sure I think she's a veterinarian but I'm not hundred percent sure and the other one is a, is a master teacher you know spiritual master teacher so um, what's really interesting is when, when I when I learned this modality, i i did a uh, a uh, it's for lack of a better word it was a guided meditation with the instructor where where i went to to meet wh- who my spirit doctors were and I, I am not particularly psychic i you know i i've learned how to use my intuition i i i know that i do have clairvoyance because i've 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 actually done a lot of exercises in that, that school where I take classes to, to learn that I do and, and that it is accurate. Um, but, uh, the first person that I met was, was it, was a surgeon. And the reason I knew he was a surgeon is because he was in scrubs. I, I saw this, this guy in scrubs and, and, and my instructor was like, that's good, good. That's what I'm seeing. And then the next one I saw was the nurse and the nurse was wearing a classical, White nurse's outfit, blonde hair what's really interesting about this is that that later a few months later, I had a reading done by somebody completely unconnected to that class knew nothing about it and she and she's i she was seeing different um spirit guides that I have that I'm that are attached to me, and the first two that she said was a surgeon and a nurse oh, very cool. <laughs> so yeah, very, very cool. So, you know, I what, what I've been t- – the spirit doctors are – they're not necessarily an MD. They're, they're somebody that's in the astral plane that wants to assist in healing in the physical plane. So they're still serving and, and playing out karma, you know, working on their own karma by by, by serving and, and helping those of us in the physical plane.
1: All right, let's burn through a couple more questions before we get to the top five. Toe Tag is asking – what role do do Reiki weird symbols pl- play in healings? Are symbols just a part of the of the ritual?
2: Um, well, no. Th- th- the symbols the symbols come into play. They they have specific uh, properties attached to them. So you use certain symbols for certain. Like there's a symbol, for example, for for distance there's a symbol that you use to to connect to to a person when you're doing distance Reiki there's a symbol for um for emotional problems for that that type of 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 healing that you're trying to do working on something spiritual and emotional um there's there's a symbol for for power like helping people get 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 into their power so that would be you know it'd probably be really good working on their their root and on their solar plexus things like that so it, so they they have their aspects of reiki that that were they they've been used and focused on to the point where they've 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 developed developed into a sentient being they're they're actual sentient beings and that's what the symbol stands for um so that's you know the, the of the modalities that i use that reiki's the only one that uses those symbols but the, the nice thing about the symbols at least for me being that I was still you know, very early on in this, not that I'm all that far along, I just I had my awakening in 2018. but having a, a specific process to follow and, and especially with the distance because it's so hard to get over over that skeptical you know fence if you will. Um, having those symbols, being able to follow that process and then and then perform it, well, I did the symbols. I did this. Now let's see if it works. I, I, you know what I mean. And then you see that it works, and then and then that's how you kind of start down that that path. Is that right. you, you get, it gives you a specific procedure, which most people, most most modalities that the people perform it, it's not that simple, you know. So it's. It, I think the symbols are. I think I think Reiki. If you're trying to get into energy healing, I think Reiki is a great place to to start for sure
1: all right let's go to eddie are there any side effects when using these powers
2: uh just diarrhea i'm just kidding (laughs) Uh, sorry couldn't help that uh no um no there's not there's there's no it um it does no harm it does no harm at all it you know it's 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 like I said. It's spiritually guided life force energy, and it's it's only going to go for. It's only going to do what's in the the, the person that you you're treating's highest good, and that's that's something to to consider too. It's it's real easy to get attached to to results and 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 what the outcomes are when you're when you're treating somebody. But but one thing to keep in mind with this stuff is you know, for example, let's say you're, you're trying to heal somebody's stomach ache or something like that. And, or, or actually let me give you a better example. Let's say you're, you're, you're healing somebody's broken leg and, and that broken leg may be playing a role in their spiritual development. That might be part of their walk is to have that broken leg and have to go through the struggle of, of being immobile, you know, um, and maybe they're, they maybe they lack compassion, maybe they maybe they have never appreciated what it would be like not to be mobile. And uh and so that, that broken leg is actually helping them to develop as a soul. Well, in that particular case, if the the, the Reiki being that it's it's working for the person's highest good, it, it's not necessarily going to alleviate that broken leg. It might help them in terms of, of, of accepting that broken leg and seeing the lesson that it's meant to teach them, but it isn't necessarily going to physically heal them because it would be that would not be in their highest good um so direct
3: auto insurance is for uncompromisers the people who refuse to make trade-offs in life like kelly when her old car insurance got so expensive that she couldn't afford to drive anymore do you think she started carrying her groceries for miles no but she did find direct auto savings that allowed her to drive instead of compromise with savings of up to 25 percent, you too can stop compromising and keep driving Get a quote today at directauto.com. Savings based on applied discounts and will vary. Terms apply. How you buy can affect price. National General Group, Winston-Salem. Direct Auto Insurance is for uncompromisers. The people who refuse to make trade-offs in life. They're the ones who proudly say no to living on someone else's terms and schedule. And when it comes to insurance, they find the savings they need to keep driving. And with savings of up to $1,044 per year when you switch to Direct Auto, you too can stop compromising and keep driving. Get a free quote today at directauto.com or find a store near you. Data from August 2021, new customer survey. Savings of any vary. How you buy can affect price. National General Group, wins Winston-Salem.
2: Side effect, no, but it, isn't, it also isn't necessarily going to, um, to achieve the results that you, in your understanding of what's going on, would hope that it would.
1: Final question before we get to our top five. Is Reiki Healing from Crystal... Like a thought process, like praying, or more like hand movements, or both.
2: I I would say that it's it's both. Um, it, you it, it's it's like prayer in the sense that you're setting an intention and you're you're opening yourself up to spirit and and, and trying to bring that spirit in and, and direct it towards the person that you're trying to help. But but it's also something that you physically channel that energy. So, you know, laying on of hands or like in the case of your partner, you know, using the hands to send energy across the room, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's definitely both.
1: All right, Brandon, we got a new feature we're starting here tonight called Dave's Top Five. So I'm going to ask you some five random questions and you just spit them on out the way you want. Let's learn a little bit about you, Okay. Okay.
2: Okay. <laughs>
1: Here is the top five questions for our guest tonight. (laughs) All right, Brandon, (laughs) playing along with us tonight. We're going to have some fun here. Question number one for you, Brandon, is this. As you open up spiritually, what is something you do not want to experience?
5: Hmm.
2: I guess that's a damn good question. Um I'm kind of open to everything. I but I what I don't want is to have an evil spirit attached to me. I guess that's the that's you know if he I know some pretty accomplished and advanced healers who who deal with with spirits that are evil sometimes and messed up, but they, you know, and they they deal with them and I'm open to that because because apparently you can do a lot of good that way. But what I don't want is to bring one home with me. So All right. question, I guess that's
1: question number two. <laughs> what, what's the best and worst part about leaving California for Florida?
2: Um, The best is, is that I I'm now living in a state where they where freedom is, is respected and, um, and, they actually are, have common sense, and they're not driving the crime rate through the roof. And <laughs> and um, I can have my opinions and speak them without having being hated for my opinions. Um, that's the best part about leaving California. The worst part is that I grew up there. Most of my loved ones and friends are still there, and it's a wonderful, pl- beautiful place that I that I miss dearly. But uh, you know, o- overall, the benefits outweigh the. The consequence or the downsides.
1: All right. Question number three: If you were to come face to face with a Bigfoot, what do you think your reaction would be?
2: Probably shit my pants. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I guess it would depend on 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 the context. If it, if if it was like hostile, I probably would be really scared. But what I know of, of Bigfoot is that. Bigfoot's actually a really peaceful, positive um, species. So, I would hope that I would be fascinated.
1: Question four: Being a Reiki practitioner, what's the furthest place away you've given somebody Reiki?
2: Ah, uh, guess I, I, you know, I guess Canada. <laughs> Canada, Canada, Alberta, Canada from Florida, I guess is is the first yeah, You know, you're about thirty five. They could be on, they, they could they could be on the moon, and it wouldn't matter.
1: Final question for you: What are you going to do when the aliens come around and the UFOs start showing up?
2: I'm going to tell people I told you so.
1: We got one minute left with you. Thank you for playing along with the top five with us tonight as uh, we're starting a fun little feature like that here on Spaced Out Radio. One minute to go. Tell everybody where they can find your book, your healing, and get in touch with you about Reiki.
2: Um, the The book is, you can well, either one, you, tysonsgift.com is, is the book website. And from there, you could go to tysonsgifthealing.com. There's a button there. Or you can just go to to tysonsgifthealing.com. And and from there, all of my modalities that I offer are there. You can make an appointment with me there. You can reach out to me um, via email or phone. Um, And, yeah, I hope I'll hear from some people. I'd love to connect.
1: All right. Brendan Wainwright, always a pleasure to have you on Spaced Out Radio very Same much, here, Dave. <laughs> very much appreciate. We will talk very soon because we got some stuff we need to go over, and I think that's absolutely great. I very much appreciate you connecting with us again, and we'll talk to you uh, soon. Coming up, love it. Coming up next, we're gonna head to the swamp. our resident swamp dweller tells us a spooky story about Uber. Then, little Timmy Sinor is back with the UFO report. We got it all coming up in hour number three next on Spaced Out Radio. Great show, buddy!
2: Yeah, great show. It's so much fun. You 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 are a great interviewer. <coughs> I do you are. Mess. I'm not just blowing roses up your butt. You really are good. Yes. You're,
1: yes, thank you, my friend. We're, we're gonna have have a, a good time. We're gonna have a good time. With it, like I said, I do need to talk to you about some stuff away from here. Yeah. So we'll get we'll talk soon. Okay,
2: okay, sounds good. All right, brother. Thanks for having me. All I the really, time. I mean, it's so it's so fun. I, your your show is just really fun. Right, on, I love bro. it. Take, <laughs> take care. All right, you too. All See right,
1: bye bye. Brandon Wainwright, everybody. Dirty filth is coming up in. There's dirty filth, and we are going to. Say hello to it's him. me, and uh, take it away with what you're drawing there, dirty.
6: Well, it's a uh, second page of the cartoon because I got to go color by color, so that's where we are now. Finishing up the the nice yellow. Got the alien beam ready to go. That's all good. That one panel. That's. That's a special panel. We'll get to that one later on. Hold on, i got to turn my crappy music down. Okay, there we are. All right, back to this guy here. we got to finish up the drapes. And the apple pie. Sasquatch looks like he's trying to steal an apple pie here. Oh, these brushes are just soaked beyond belief. I need to buy a little blow dryer. Put that right off the side. Blow dryer my, my brushes and make them all nice. Okay, well, we'll do the drapes. How many drapes we're we gonna do here? Let's do. Let's do Grandma Keller grapes, grapes drapes, whatever. I was just gonna go with the uh, grandmother uh slightly blue with a little bit of peach color, but it's it's just not working out, so I'll have to fandangle with it later. he's a grump as always. We'll just have to get to that super secret drawing on what we can do. Cause the, end of the thing here. Cause the man in black's losing his power. Basically, they're like the old style batteries. Work for like half hour, 45 minutes, call it a day.
2: (laughs) That's
6: a little too too rowdy of a brush. But once we get through all the inking, then the comic will make more sense. Dirty looking good. Oh, it is. Here we are. We're gonna brush in Man in Black's shorts. He's being carried over Sasquatch's shoulder. He's got the real tight bum and everything to go with it.
1: Very nice. Kind of like Jack Black's buttocks in Nacho Libre. Sure, excellent. Excellent. Burnt pancakes are good, Terry.
6: Actually, uh, my pal gave me a pancake maker, and it makes little Dungeons & Dragons characters like goblins and beholders and Very robes nice. and warriors and junk. Very yeah. nice. So Mrs. Filth has got all the pancake weirdness she can handle.
1: Nice. Well, I'm going to get you to mute because we got 20 seconds left. I want to say a big thank you to toe Tag, Molly, YJ, and... It, Mennonite Abe, D Cohen, and Cat Chaser with a natural hat trick. Very much appreciate the love and support. It's so good to be back, people. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up if you're new. Hit subscribe. Here we go with our three. Aye,
2: aye, aye you like to connect with us, head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR.
1: Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for tuning us on in wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, talk stream live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Chemisol. Chemisol is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as a clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky news Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller brings in another spooky story.
4: Alright, so check this out. I'm not a big fan of Uber. Random people picking you up sounds like a bad idea just waiting to happen. And this experience only confirms my problems. I worked as a bartender in the UK at a pretty popular bar. I always take cabs to and from work as I don't have a car. One night was hectic and cabs were coming and going with people. So many that I couldn't get a hold of one desperate, I downloaded Uber and found a driver two minutes away from me. He arrived and I attempted to open the back door, but it was locked. I looked at the driver who asked me to open the front passenger door. I found it odd that he wanted me sitting right next to him, but I assumed he had a bunch of crap in the back. Reluctantly, I got into the passenger seat. The man had a thick Russian accent. Part of me considered just speaking Russian to him, but looking back on it now, I'm glad that I kept that ace up my sleeve. Where are you going? He asked aggressively as if I was wasting his time. I told him the address, he plugged it in, and we were on our way. Usually, in these stories, the kidnapper starts following the route and then goes off track once your guard is down. This guy took the first wrong turn that he could." I said, Um, this is not the way. Please turn around. I begged him. He said, No, I, I know a shortcut. Except he didn't. I saw his phone, and his turn added four minutes to the drive time. Just then, his phone started ringing with the ID saying, Liova K. He picked up the phone, and that's when I heard the most horrifying call in my life. yes, yes the lady is in my car. She suspects nothing. Prep the chains. I'll be there in 10. Make sure everything is ready. We can't leave any remains. We were too sloppy last time." He said all of this in Russian, assuming that I didn't understand. To this day, sometimes I wish that I didn't. I knew I had less than 10 minutes to get out of this situation, or I doubted that I'd ever be seen again. We were approaching a stoplight. I had to formulate a plan quickly. The door was locked, but it was one of those button locks that you could pull out to unlock the door. There was a risk of the man being armed, but I didn't have a choice. Another problem was that he had entered a bad neighborhood. One that was dangerous for a young woman like me walking home alone at night to be in. I decided that after escaping, I would have to order another Uber and just pray it was safe. The light turned yellow, then green, and as the car moved forward, I pulled the button and leapt out of the vehicle. Hey, get back in here, the driver yelled, but I was already running. I didn't expect to hear footsteps behind me, but when I turned back, the driver was chasing after me. He just ditched his car to chase me. I turned down an alley and hid behind this rubbish bin. I heard him run past the alley. I waited hours to hear his footsteps again run past the alley entrance. I left the alley and looked back down the street. The car was gone, but my nerves weren't any better. I was still in a bad neighborhood. I was about to call for another Uber when I wised up. He was probably expecting that I'd do that. He was probably on his phone waiting for the alert, so I began my trek home. I made the whole two-hour walk home. I was lucky not to encounter any trouble along the way and as soon as I was back home, I cried. I lived alone, so I didn't feel safe one bit. The Uber driver still had my address. I called the police and I gave them the man's description and the car's make and model. Like a classic horror story idiot, I didn't get the license plate. So, they couldn't do much. But they said that they would send an officer to the area. A few weeks later, I was urged to check the internet to see if anything had been done about my complaint. I found an article on a Jane Doe found dead by a riverside. Her hands were chained and a bullet was in her skull. The man, not my Uber driver charged with the crime, told the police of a man named Liova Casanova, who led the entire gang. Nothing ever came up about Liova, though. I decided not to come forward with what I knew. I just wanted to return to my life. It's been three years since then, and I've been able to move on with my life. I'm happily married, and I now manage my bar. I have twins coming in a few months, and for everyone out there who uses Uber... I won't tell you not to use the app, even though I haven't used it since that night, but I will ask you to make sure you have the driver's license plate, his description, and the make of his car. And always make sure he stays en route. It may seem like a long and arduous process, but it may just save your life.
1: And that's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here, spooking us out Each and every night, you can find him on his YouTube channel where there are thousands of free stories just like this one for you to check on out. Go to youtube.com forward slash swamp dweller reads to check it on out. All right, it is time once again where we bring in little Timmy Senor and the UFO report. And Tim, I got no audio for you tonight. My audio system is kind of screwing up tonight. But that's okay. <laughs> We're getting it figured on out. Hey, this is my first show back in two weeks, but I'm glad that you are here, my friend.
7: Great to see you, Dave. It's nice to be back. Yeah. How are things going for you?
1: You know what? It is very nice to be back. Uh, you know, I I got a lot of rest. You and I talked quite a bit while I was uh, on down hiding in the basement, getting things done. And, uh, you know, you had a, a very successful stint back in Utah, again, where there's some exciting stories happening there. There was a lot of UFO news coming around, and I'm telling you, we did well, my friend. We did very well in uh, trying to keep it all together. The After Hours Show and Jessica with the Cryptid Huntress off the trails did great on the weekends. And
4: What if a school could be there for all of you? career, family, finances, and mental health? Well, it can. National University. Supporting the whole you. Learn more at nu.edu.
8: Hey, Ceasefire Country, circle up. Inflation has hit us hard, so here's what we're going to do. We're giving you 12 months of free service on any new line. Together, we're fighting back with our best deal in wireless history. We call it Inflation Retaliation. Get your wireless plan free for 12 months with any new line activation. Because in Ceasefire Country, we look after our own. Requires a new line activation and 36 month service obligation. Early termination fee applies. See ceasefire.com for details.
1: And we're very thankful for the rest of our team pulling it together while I took my first break in seven and a half years. So that was kind of cool. That was very cool.
7: Yeah, that's great. Well-deserved break, buddy. You've got a great team. So it's nice to see them support you and give you a little break.
1: Tim, do you know what today is?
7: I do. <laughs> for
1: most people who may not remember this, It is the 61st anniversary of the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. That's right. 61 years ago. Now, their niece, Kathleen Martin, put a piece up today on Facebook. And I would just like to read this for you, if you don't mind. She goes, 61 years ago today, Betty and Barney Hill, who or her aunt and uncle were returning to their home on New Hampshire's seacoast from a trip to upstate New York and southern Canada. As they were driving through upstate New Hampshire, a large, silent, unconventional aerial craft rapidly descended towards their vehicle. Barney stopped their 1957 two-tone blue and white Chevy Bel Air in the middle of the highway so he wouldn't be directly under the craft and grabbed his binoculars from the car seat. The craft descended lower to approximately 100 feet in the distance. He observed entities that he told the first investigator, NICAP scientific investigator Walter Webb, were somehow not human. Barney was terrified, sensing that he would be captured by these entities. He fled to his lighted running vehicle and fled down the highway. The craft headed in his direction, and soon he and Betty heard a series of code-like buzzing tones and felt a tingling sensation in their bodies. There is much more to this event, including physical evidence that has been analyzed by scientists, hypnosis sessions, and investigations. And she has a book on this called Captured. The Betty and Barney Hill UFO Experience 60th Anniversary Edition with the foreword by Dr. Bruce McAbee, who's another former guest on this show. And let me tell you, yeah. 61 years. Do you think outside of Betty and Barney Hill, Travis Walton, Calvin Parker, and maybe even Chris Bledsoe, do you think we are going to get well, the Andreessen family in California on Catalina Island. Do you think we are going to get another big popular alien abduction story like this?
7: Um, I mean, yes, yes, I do think so because they probably exist, but the people that they happen to are a little bit afraid to come out. I mean, think about what happened to Whitley Strieber and how brave he was just coming forward with his story and being able to write it in detail. Um, so, yes, I do think that people will start coming forward once they see um, perhaps that this is not um, a topic that's been you know, taken lightly anymore. It's being taken seriously. And so um, I do think that big cases exist, um, and I think that we will start to see more and more of them. Absolutely.
1: Right. I, I hope we do. I hope we do.
7: Nobody's going to know. They're going to know.
1: There. now. Doesn't that feel better now? Doesn't that feel better now? Now it feels official. It feels so totally official. Totally official. But there you go,
7: eleven nineteen. We'll have to remember that, making a note.
1: Yes, we'll we'll have to <laughs> uh, get that. I, I felt bad about that, Tim. I don't know why it uh, disappeared from from this, but uh, we'll get that reloaded in, uh, nonetheless. But <laughs> I gotta I gotta ask you. I mean, sixty one years though, you know. I mean, this story is still very much in the news, and thank you to Kathleen Martin for keeping this story going. You know, but yeah. it really shows the the idea of a uh, just getting an Amber Alert here in Vancouver, and oh, no. of a three year old boy who's been abducted here, uh, last seen at Children's oh, no. Hospital. The suspect is his mother. Well, that's not very good. Mm. That's
7: not well, I can bad. tell you that um, I know that there was a recent shock doc that was released on Discovery Plus that did a great job covering the Betty and Barney Hill case. And we got to see Kathleen tell the story and, of course, bring the evidence forward again with the dress and some of the other historical proof. Um, and I can't tell you, I mean, you and I have had a chance to meet her and to hear the story again in person Um, And to be able to ask questions and have her honest answers, you know, um, the case is definitely, I mean, I think even experts consider it the best abduction case um, that really has held water through the years. Um, And, of course, Kathleen Martin being a living relative, keeping that story going is absolutely incredibly important. And she's kind of one of those people I feel like we should have represented um if not represent at congress you know have her tell that story if somebody hasn't heard an abduction case maybe this is a great warm up have her tell that story she's amazing in person she would be so, great at
1: congress that is a fantastic idea it really is a yeah. fantastic idea and we need actually a little bit more of that You know, when they are ready to open up for experiencers, we got to hope that people like Kathleen Martin, you know, no ties to the military. Yes, she is with uh, MUFON, okay, but no ties to the military, no ties to government pushing uh, back and making sure that, you know, we could get things happening. You know, I think that's great. Hey, there's uh, UFO news north of the border here. Why don't you fill us in on
7: that? What a great article coming forward from CTV News. Uh, the Canadian defense minister was briefed on UFOs ahead of the U.S. intel report. And so now we're getting a release on some information that shows that the former Canadian defense minister, Harit Sajjan, received briefings on UFOs. And documents obtained by CTV News revealed that in May 20th, twenty one. Briefing followed a flurry of mainstream media coverage about the then upcoming report on the US military sightings of the unidentified aerial phenomenon. And so the term American officials are now using as the more commonly known and as you prefer, UFOs. And so we saw this report come forward in Canada and presented. A little bit ahead of time uh even before the report came here in the united states and so what i personally found incredibly interesting was in this report they actually revealed what was given as this uh report to the minister and so um Some of the information, and I don't know if you're okay with me talking about this here live, but some of the bullet points in this report were incredibly interesting, and I found some of those details, including some of the historical programs in Canada, very enlightening.
1: Fill in the audience on those.
7: Sure. So as far back as the 1950s, Canada had an investigative uh, department called the Defense Research Board, or the DRB, and this conducted research into reported quote-unquote flying saucers near North Bay, Ontario. And then 10 years later, uh, in the 60s, departmental responsibility for reporting assignments, uh, I'm sorry, reported assigned from uh, the DND and the CAF to the National Research Council or the NRC, um, and so basically this was another department that happened. And let me just go through what that is uh, again. So this was working with NORAD, okay. And then in 1995, uh, a partnership arose for UFO research and reporting non meteoric non meteor. I'm sorry, non-meteoric sightings. And so this was uh, the beginning of a new directive that started uh, through the University of Manitoba. And then this continued through 2000. And Mr. Rutowski, who is the the leader of this program through the University of Manitoba, uh, received all UFO-related reports from the DND and Transport Canada. So at this point, they were collating all of this information through one program. And currently, University of Manitoba does not fund Canadian UFO survey, but assists in archiving all of Mr. Rutowski's files for future research. So there is a program. They are interested, and they have been doing research and and collecting it since the 50s, and it just sounds like this program was kind of forwarded through the University of Manitoba.
1: You know, there's a big sore point among Canadian UFO researchers that Chris Rutkowski was getting those files handed over to him by the Department of National Defense and Transport Canada. That is a very big sore point here. But let, let me expand on this a little bit more. And I was talking to Daniel Otis earlier today who tipped me off to this article. And I followed up in a tweet with it today. Harjeet Sajjan, the former Defense Minister of Canada, was originally read into this program along with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau between August and December of 2019. However, we cannot find the paper trail that it happened. I have two sources, one in the U.S. and one in Canada, who have confirmed that our former ambassador to the United States, a gentleman named David McNaughton, was read in at the Pentagon by staffers on the UFO desk. They then... Because we are obviously part of NATO, NORAD is more specifically, the Five Eyes, were read into this because a lot of these craft were coming in from Canadian airspace. So when we got in to it, what we can say is that two years previous to the report in the United States coming out, that they were read in. The Liberal government, led by Justin Trudeau, has not made mention of anything regarding UFOs or unidentified aerial phenomena. He has not been quoted on it, and I believe that is for a lack of quality journalism that is not happening here in Canada outside of the hard work of Daniel Otis, save a couple other journalists who who have written offbeat articles about the subject. Nobody has really... Push the limits to asking the Prime Minister whether or not this has happened. It's going to get interesting now that the Conservative Party of Canada, the official opposition, has a new leader because that leader was supported by writings that members of Parliament who are currently pushing the UFO subject in Canada have a keen interest in. So I think going forward, we actually may see more of this type of news coming out because once canada goes to an election now technically we don't need to have an election for another 3 years but i think it'll happen sooner than that once canada does go for an election this could be an electoral topic and i'm going to get you wait for your comment on this we got to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Tim Sinor with the UFO Report is here on Spaced Out Radio, and we've got his audio figured out now. So we're all good there. We know what's happening around here. Hey, little Rust comes with two weeks' holidays. Forgive me, but we'll get her done right after this. We continue the UFO Report. Tim Sinor is here. We can hear him. We can't see him because he's wearing camouflage tonight. We're sure he still looks like Howie Mandel. More UFO stuff right after this when we return. The final half hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Let me just do a quick test here, Tim.
6: Nobody's going to know.
1: They're going to know. Okay, that's good. By the way, I also have a new... Dave 101 theme song. I can't wait for that one to come out. And, uh, yes. i <sighs> are not used to being up this late.
7: It's rough. So rough.
1: Evan Walters. How you doing? Thanks for ripping one in the chat room. Appreciate that. Terrible times. Nice to see you again. And uh, let's see here who else the original a ron has reported for duty Jessica s how you doing supernoer? Good to have you back, Tracy Gale. welcome back. I think I'm caught up here, and there he is. the legend. Super Duke, Super Duke, he loves his theme song, Stu Gerson, what's happening my man, good to see you, Super Duke, Super Duke, Invisible Tracker, good to see you, good morning Body Tech, what's new Timmy?
7: I spent all day reading a book on anti-gravity. I just couldn't put it down. um No, nothing's been going on. I've been working and playing with my kids a lot. It's just been um, catch-up since we got back from Phenomicon. I have been sewing up my dock and working on the next, so... We're getting things scrambling, getting locations accomplished before the winter when we have to dry dock our rig and put it at a secret location. And uh, it'll actually be looking at the skies 24 7 from that secret location, which is also a hotspot. So, the lab.
1: You and your secret it's ex- locations.
7: Yeah, it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting.
1: You're a secret location kind of guy. You're the kind of guy who wouldn't even give out the 11 herbs and spices that KFC uses if you work there. You're that guy.
7: I would just open the packet and, yeah, say nothing. That's mm-hmm. right.
1: I know what you're all about.
7: Mm-hmm. Timmy can keep a secret.
1: So I'm in the hardware store the other day. And you know how everybody has a doppelganger? So I'm looking at this guy, and I'm like, holy cow, that's Grant Cameron. Grant Cameron. Like, look at this. Does that not look like Grant Cameron?
7: Dude, you took a stranger's photo I without him knowing?
1: I totally did, because it looked like Grant Cameron.
7: (laughs) Holy crap. Yeah. You're so lucky he didn't bust you. How do you explain that? I made it look like I was texting. I made it look like I was well done, texting. I like I was texting.
1: Cool. Yeah, that one He would just think
7: me. that you were odd if he noticed, but that does look very much like Grant.
1: Oh, it totally looks to like Grant T.
7: Cameron. Mm-hmm. To- totally looks like mm-hmm. Grant
1: Cameron. You know? What else do I got here? I got to show you this photo. I'm just trying to find it here.
7: You've had some fun. I can't let you out of the house anymore. Every time I let, you does something else. Cringe, I oh swear boy. this guy. Just follow you around with the camera. where? Talking
1: about? Here's a photo that I. Here's a photo that I like.
7: Canadian, Just like it's no big che- deal.
1: Check this out. This is, this is this is SpaceX at the bottom, being followed by. Or pardon me, that's the International Space Station at the bottom, being followed by. Okay. A SpaceX rocket,
7: man. That's a that's intense and cool. How do you come up on that photo, my friend?
1: It just started flying over us.
7: No way, you took that? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Well,
1: that yeah, was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. That's
7: very cool. All right. Do you have a telescope?
1: No, that was from my iPhone.
7: You can shoot an iPhone down the eyepiece of a telescope too um but very cool bro very cool
1: i was happy with that Good one capture. happy with yeah. that. all right we got 15 seconds thank you toe tag molly yj mennonite abe d cohen and cat chaser for the amazing super chats tonight very much appreciate it we're going to come back with the ufo report and tim Senior right now guys Round third, we're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you have missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky-Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with the UFO Report. Tim Senor is here. And right before the break, Tim, we were talking about all of this big news coming out of Canada about the fact that former Defense Minister Harjeet Sejan was read in on the UFO stuff. And this is something that he has never publicly claimed. It's never been really discussed in the media. Uh, The Canadian media seems to have dropped the ball on this. Outside of CTV News is Daniel Otis. I mean, what's, what's your thoughts here? I mean, you get somebody like Grant Cameron, who has an absolute, you know, the absolute pulse on what's happening in Canada. And, you know, I say that with a little bit of... A bias? Hey,
8: ceasefire country, circle up. Inflation has hit us hard, so here's what we're gonna do. We're giving you 12 months of free service on any new line. Together, we're fighting back with our best deal in wireless history. We call it inflation retaliation. Get your wireless plan free for 12 months with any new line activation. Cause in ceasefire country, we look after our own. Requires new line activation and 36-month service obligation. Early termination fee applies. See for details.
5: From cutting grass to planting fields, you need the right equipment from a team you can count on. At SunSouth, we have 21 locations ready to serve you with the quality John Deere equipment to manage your property faster, more efficiently, and more affordably. Like the John Deere 1025R tractor with loader starting at only $255 a month. So why wait another season to do more? To find the John Deere that's right for you, come see us at Sun Sal Equipment for those that
3: do. Summer restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Expires September 30th, 2022. It's
1: because Grant is a hero and a mentor of mine and a giant, giant fan of spaced out radio. And of course, you know, his his underling, his uh, research assistant, Nicole Sakich, is a very, very good, f- close friend of mine and this show. And I know she's in the chat room tonight as well. But, I mean, the the idea that, uh, Tim, that we're we're just starting to see more come out of Canada. How important is this, the fact that this story is not, you know, just being swept under the rug here?
7: It's massive. Um, I mean, the whole topic is massive, and so it should be covered, you know, equally in Canada. And I just want to think back, not too far back here, we actually covered a great story uh, on how UAP is being discussed more now in Canada. In fact, uh, part of the topic progress has been made simply by discussing quote-unquote drone incursions over uh, the power stations uh, across Canada. And so they were having video and, um, you know, they were getting influx of information of these drone, quote unquote, drones, um, incursions over the power stations of Canada. And I thought you were pivotal, actually, in bringing that to light in the media. And so we covered it on your show and we obviously discussed it as a real topic. And so I think that actually helped progress the ball forward. Even if you do consider this something mundane, it's something to be considered as potentially um, a sign of aggression, perhaps, and should be uh, considered a real um, topic that needs to be addressed, whether it is mundane or not.
1: Very true. Very true. We're going to see how this plays out. Uh, You know, We're going to have to see if there's more meetings behind the scenes that are coming forward. We're going to have to see what happened at previous meetings that allegedly had not gone through. There's a lot of real information to come out of Canada just recently on UFOs that we will be investigating over the next little bit. All right. Here's a topic that is a little old, but because I was on holidays, we didn't really get a chance to. And Tim, this one grinds my gears, man. You know... We told everybody that this was likely to happen. We did. And we told them months ago. And now it seems like it's coming to fruition, where the United States Navy is saying, hey, American public, we are not going to be giving you any more UFO videos. So if you think you're going to get some, you got another thing coming.
7: Yeah, fair dinkum. I'll tell you what, the U.S. Navy suggests it has more UFO videos, but will not be releasing them. And, you know, we can just discuss the article because it's saying here very clearly that releasing any new videos would be a national security concern. And it's not a new topic, right? It is something that we've heard in the past, but they're kind of drawing a line here saying don't expect any more of these videos to be released, at least not through the sources that we've had, right? And that has been through the US Navy. Now, their their hand has been forced in the past, it hasn't really been up to them. But I think the implication here is that perhaps they're going to lean a little bit heavier on people that are pivotal in the release of these videos. And they may not be so lenient on those people along with that.
1: Well, here's the big thing that I see happening here, okay, is that the U.S. Navy is still pouting over the fact that Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon were able to, let's say, skip the system in order to get GoFast, Gimbal, and Tic Tac out to the public through the Two of the Stars Academy. Now, one of the things I always questioned regarding this was, This fact, and to this day, I'm still a little perplexed by this. If the Navy of the United States who own those videos was so upset that those videos got out, as we now see, they're still pretty upset about it. Why did they never take action against the To The Stars Academy, who actually, when they released those to the media, had the audacity to put the To The Stars Academy logo on those videos like they were property of the TTSA. When the TTSA never owned them, they were property of the United States Navy. I always wanted that question answered. Always. We'll never get it. right. But that, that was the type of question that kept us from ever getting anybody from the to the stars Academy on this show.
7: Right. Right. And the source file for a lot of that stuff you might find is actually from a Navy website. And so, although they may have dragged it from perhaps a Navy website, then put their logo on it and then released it, they may quote unquote have been attempting to make something public that was already accessible to the public, you just may not have known how to do that, and the reason I say that is simply because we've seen this happen with the Navy videos, for example. Uh, Jeremy Corbell released some videos that we all considered were um, image refraction from internal camera imagery, the the big three dimensional pyramids, right? Well, the Navy came out and showed some more images, also coming from the the Omaha, where the image showed a ball going into the water. Um, they showed more video of, quote-unquote, drones. And this was a decision that was made by the Navy on the same event. And what that told me was, oh, look, here's a bunch of video that they're okay showing us. Now let's wonder about all of the classified versions of these videos that they have that they aren't showing us right? For every one that they are, there must be 10 that they're not, is my assumption. And so I find it very interesting. Every move you see kind of reveals a hand. And so I think that there's much more to be seen, but our eyes will never see it. And the fact that they're saying don't expect more videos also tells me that there must be so many that they don't know what's real and what isn't anymore.
1: Well, it's still one of those questions we will never get answered. So Here's how those videos came out. I was talking to Terry Hall, our business manager about this earlier. You know, it, it's nothing romantic like they were, you know, put in a brief stolen from a, a a file and then put into a briefcase and ran out to a unmarked car and got the hell out of Dodge at the Pentagon parking lot. It wasn't like that at all. When Elizondo was was running the ATIP program at the Pentagon, on each sheet of paper he would have to mark down unidentified for top secret or, or any type of security clearance. Or one of the sections would be, is it a jet? Is it a drone? And on those three videos, at the encouragement of Chris Mellon, Elizondo marked those three videos as drones. And because they were marked as drones, nobody double-checked Elizondo's work. And they were able to be released to the public as non-top-secret videos. because Because they were unclassified as drones. That's how those original videos got out. Now, were there some mistakes? Yes. I could see where uh, people like, like the United States Navy and people at the Pentagon, like Susan Goff and others are still very upset with Elizondo and Mellon for basically cheating the, the the spooks out of their own or playing the spooks at their own game, if you could put it that way. What's your thoughts?
7: Well, I, I know that there's a massive demand from the bottom all the way up to the top and perhaps starting at the top to have another look at the way things are classified. And so I know this was a demand coming from Congress because they feel like there's a problem with, the how, with how this information is being classified at the source. So whether Elizondo and his team were sidestepping things or actually doing their job and doing due diligence by calling it that, um, we're seeing tons of things being called drones. I don't see how that was part of a misleading topic if they were to call it a drone. It's an assumption, you know, and it's still a classification Um, a UAP um, is still an unmanned aerial phenomenon or now UAV, a vehicle, Um, still terminology. And so we need these things to remain unclassified at the source so that it does disseminate down to not necessarily the public, but at least Congress. You know, a public hearing needs to be something that has actually got some information and it's not going to have anything new unless we get good information that is not classified and it's something that's real and it comes from the source and it doesn't have to be a drone it can be a question mark you know we're okay with not knowing what the navy thinks this is they can just show us a video and i think that that's the sort of thing that needs to happen the reclassification or at least the a new system of how things are classified at the source And i think that that was something that also elizondo and his team were pushing for
1: well, we're going to be very interested in seeing where this goes in the future because the U.S. Navy has now played their heavy-handed card. You know, as Nicole said in our chat room, you know, before the Air Force, before Space Force, there was the Navy. The Navy tests out most – the Navy, let's face it, is the most powerful military in the world not and in the United States. They have everything. Their aircraft carriers, one aircraft carrier carries more fighter planes than most countries' air forces. Let's remember that. That's one aircraft carrier. And I believe the United States has 12, 14 aircraft carriers at 85, Mm -hmm. 86 aircraft, a ship. Think about that. Never mind the jets that are parked on land at, at land bases. The Air Force, I mean the, the Navy in the United States, has been very closely working with NASA over the years. They control everything almost. Almost everything when it comes to all the goodies. Right? So do they have the power to say, yeah, we're going to shut that down? Of course they do. We knew this was coming, Tim. We knew it was about to happen. We knew that they would shut the door when the chatter got too loud. When too many kids were begging for candy on Halloween, the Navy turned their lights off. And that's exactly what's happening. To help discourage, in my opinion, to help discourage whistleblowers from coming out, for people asking uh, for immunity, To speak in front of Congress, if there's ever any more hearings on this, it is pure greed, Tim. Pure greed.
7: So what does this mean for Galileo Project and for all of these independent projects that want complete transparency with all of their data? Is it going to be illegal for Avi Loeb to show us an image if he has an interesting picture?
1: Well... Don't you find it interesting that a scientific method has brought on government officials like Mellon, like Elizondo, like Sean Cahill, like Seth Stoshak, and others? I find that interesting. If you go through the who is who on the names list of the Galileo Project, there's a lot of names out there that are questionable. I'm not saying that they are infiltrated. I'm not saying that the Galileo Project has picked bad people. But I often wonder, what is Avi Loeb's goal here? Is it to find life out there? Is it to find another Oumuamua, which he believed was an alien spaceship a few years ago flying by us? Is it finding another one of those? Or is it actually proving extraterrestrial life. Because here's the thing, there's a outside of Elizondo Mellon, there are a number of government officials in there. A number. And hmm. when you bring those people on, they're not there for the benefit of the public, as Galileo says they should be. And Avi Loeb says he should be. I think Loeb is more interested in potentially earning a Nobel prize off of this than he is about actually moving ufology and ET contact forward. That's my opinion. Your thoughts.
7: I find, yeah, I find Avi Loeb incredibly inspirational. Um, I love the goal of his project. I love that he uses, um, you know, a university setting and students as part of the project. And I like that he's developing a new science And to be honest, that, if nothing else, is a massive goal, I believe, of of him to explore the possibilities of a new science and a new um, um, astrophysics that we need to consider. And so he's using techniques to prove things out. Um, He's using new um, telescopes and scientific data collection. Um, which I think is great. And so this is kind of along the same lines of what my project is like. And so um, I always see the good in science. And, you know, yes, are there red flags involved in his project because of who he's decided to work around? Perhaps, but at the same rate, I see the man who's very focused on a goal. And if others are there to perhaps lend their expertise, let that happen. Uh, as long as he remains transparent and remains very clear on what he's trying to get out of this project. I think he has stated uh, many times, um, you know, so again, not to get too far off topic. I, I believe in the science, um, but uh, again, we need a lot of eyes on it to make sure that he stays true to it.
1: Well, that's what we do need. We do need. And hopefully he has the people in there that can continue to to patrol what is good and what is bad about Galileo. And I don't want anything to be bad. I really don't. But we'll see what happens here very, very, very soon. Alright, let's get to... We got two minutes here. Let's get to our final topic of the night about Ukrainian astronomers during the war that's going on between Ukraine and Russia. Seeing UFOs nightly in their skies. This is incredible. Because not only is it happening here, okay, and this has nothing to do with Russia versus Ukraine, so I don't want to see our chat room go off in shambles here. All right? Keep it politically free. But we also saw this happen in Afghanistan. Back in 1991, it started with the original Iraq war I've talked to to people who served over there who saw UFOs over the battlefields this is this isn't new should we be surprised by this tim
7: no and in fact i remember russia reporting that whenever they would move something massive in their military back before any of this conflict Um, they would attract the UAP in the skies and they would actually be able to interact with them. There are many reports of this. So, um, you know, UFO over the skies in this part of the world are nothing new. Um, But Ukraine's astronomers are saying that there are tons of UFOs over Kiev. And so Ukraine has used equipment in Kiev to study the skies. And the results are simply bizarre. Ukraine's airspace has been busy this year and the nature... That because that's just the nature of war. But scientists in the country are looking to the skies and seeing something they didn't expect. And so in this new article from Vice magazine, they say that an inordinate number of UFOs, according to a new print paper published by Kiev's Main Astronomical Observatory, in coordination with the country's National Academy of Science. The paper does not specifically address the war, but in the United States, the Pentagon had a long hinted, speculated and warned that some of the UFOs could be advanced technology from foreign militaries, perhaps specifically China or Russia. And though in this given evidence hasn't actually been the case, the Ukraine paper in particular is notable because it's not only showing that the science is pretending to prove that a lot of these cases are significant, and should be considered UFO. Uh, The paper is entitled Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon and the Observations of the Events. And so this is very interesting that this country is taking it seriously, especially during this time. And some of the video and some of the photographs that they're studying are pretty convincing. Have you had a chance to study any of them yourself, Dave? Because I've seen quite a few of them come through the past few months.
1: Well, you know what? There's been a number of cases that seem to have popped up where they're seeing all sorts of craft from triangles to to orbs to rods to everything. I think that, you know, a lot of that could be American technology, but a lot of it right now remains unknown. Tim, we got to say goodnight. Thank you for a great UFO report on your return. And we got Mr. Ron okay. Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Spreaker. Twitch, Elgap, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and we can't forget Twitter at hashtag Spaced Radio. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night, Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them too. Good night.
5: From cutting grass to planting fields, you need the right equipment from a team you can count on. At SunSouth, we have 21 locations ready to serve you with the quality John Deere equipment to manage your property faster, more efficiently, and more affordably. Like the John Deere 1025R tractor with loader starting at only $255 a month. So why wait another season to do more? To find the John Deere that's right for you, come see us at
3: SunSouth. Equipment for those that do. Summer restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Expires September 30th, 2022. Running a business comes with pressure.
4: Remote workforces, HR compliance, attaining top talent, you start to feel boxed in. Fortunately, there's Inspirity. They put 30 plus years of HR service and technology to work, offering my employees competitive benefit options while lightening my HR load. Instead of obstacles, I'm surrounded by people empowered to be their best. With Inspirity, nothing seems impossible. Inspirity, HR that makes a difference.